Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you for the next three hours, taking you up until 9 o'clock as here we sit just a week away from Super Bowl 57. At this time next week, we'll be, what, less than a half hour until kickoff. The nerves will be, will be, I'm sure, ramped up for everybody in the Philadelphia area as we look ahead to Super Bowl 57, Eagles and Chiefs next Sunday afternoon, next Sunday evening from Glendale, Arizona. And as we look at this game and continue to break it down over the next week as things kind of inch closer here, one thing that I wanted to start the show with tonight is the overwhelming confidence that we seem to head to have as a fan base heading into this game. And if you want to start and get in here, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. And that's a question I have to pose to you to start the show tonight. Are Eagles fans being overconfident as we head into this game? Are we being overconfident? Because as we look toward this matchup, I mean, you sense it. Like, you sense it from talking to people. You sense it from the fan base. You sense it really from everybody who's followed this team that there is an extreme amount of confidence going into this game with this team and the belief that people have in this team. And I got to say, as we look forward here, I don't think it's overconfidence, and I'll tell you exactly why. This team, this season, has been every bit as good as we believe them to be. Like, I look at this Eagles team, this roster is loaded. I mean, they're loaded across the board. They are dominant. They've been dominant, really, from start to finish this entire season. This is the best roster in football, and I think this is proven over the course of the season to be the best team in football. I think they have the best leadership in football. When you look at Jeffrey Lurie, when you look at Howie Roseman, and they have one of the best coaching staffs in the league as well. What Nick Sirianni has done in a couple years turning this thing around has been incredibly impressive. I mean, you look at this roster. As I said, you dominate on the line of scrimmage. That's where everything starts in this league, and the Eagles have done that all season long on both sides of the football. Uh, Obviously, you've gotten tremendous quarterback play. You've gotten tremendous play at the skill positions. Your defense, while I still think being underrated, is one of the best in the NFL – And it's crazy because you think about it, and and I've been kind of struck by the amount of confidence that people have. Because even when the roster is this good, even when people should believe in this team to this extent, there's usually some level of doubt. Especially when you look at you're going up against, you know, a a real talented roster, real good team in the Kansas City Chiefs. But I don't think we are being overcome. You know, I think this is the appropriate way that Eagles fans should feel going into this game. And I think a lot of it goes back to one thing Nick Sirianni said a few weeks ago. And this was right after the game against the Giants, right after that regular season finale. Here's what Nick Sirianni had to say about how his team approaches it and the mindset that they have. 
we talked a lot about a lot this week about you know we should be confident you know again you know did we feel like we played a, a great game today no not by any means but this team should be, should be confident right and that doesn't mean cocky it means confident that with all the things that that we've been able to accomplish this year um and i just want them to know like even after these two those two losses in a row like you guys have a reason to be confident they should be confident and we should be confident as a fan base yet for some reason it does feel like nationally for whatever reason this team continues to be disrespected that some people still need the Eagles to show them something that apparently they haven't shown yet. And here's D'Angelo Hall the other night on NFL Network talking about the Eagles and why he's still not a complete believer in this team heading into the Super Bowl. That situational awareness that I know I've seen Patrick Mahomes in time and time again Mm -hmm. execute that I just haven't seen Jalen Hurts in. And so I felt like as a fan I was deprived of that. Um, Yeah, even though my commanders got the win, I wanted to see Jalen Hurts in that moment. And that's what we haven't seen from this Eagles team. And that's him obviously talking about the fact that Jalen hasn't been in a ton of those late-game situations. That the Eagles haven't been in a ton of those spots where they've needed, you know, to to come out with victories late. You can count them on, on, you know, one hand, the amount of games that came down to the final possession. Obviously, the Colts game, um, you know, the Cowboys game that they lost that Jalen wasn't out there for. But these things are beyond the Eagles' control. Like, the Eagles shouldn't be punished for being as dominant as they've been. They're not dominant. They haven't been a dominant team this year because they've played a weak schedule, okay? Like, this is not a do- this is not a team that has, you know, had this level of success because of who, they- who they've played. They've had this level of success because they are that good. Like, they are that dominant. They don't control who they play. And while I'll admit the Eagles haven't played the best competition, and even in the playoffs, I mean, let's face it, they have gotten somewhat lucky here with some of the matchups that they've drawn with the Giants and Daniel Jones. With the 49ers, Brock Purdy gets injured. That game's essentially over. But this team has dominated everybody that they have played for the most part this year. They have been very few close games. It is not an accident that the Eagles are here right now. I believe going into this game, and we'll see how it plays out next week, there's no guarantee they're going to win it, but I believe this is the best team in the NFL. I believe this is the best roster in the NFL. I don't think it's a coincidence that, you know, we are here, and I don't think this feeling is unwarranted. Eagles fans should be incredibly confident going into this game. The Chiefs are really good. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. But I'll take this team against anybody. And here was Jason Kelsey talking about that, you know, last week last week when he was on uh, with the morning show, just talking about how confident he is going into this game with this roster. I feel very confident with the guys we have on offense, the guys we have on defense, the guy we have at quarterback, the coaches we have. You know, if, if everybody uh, does their job, everybody sticks to what, what has got us successful and, and got us to this point, I feel very good against anybody we play. And that's the way the Eagles should feel going into this game. And I want to know from you to start the show tonight – as there has been this overwhelming confidence this week that in some instances can make you uneasy because sometimes you just feel like, okay, when everybody's this positive, when everybody's feeling this good, you worry about something going wrong. But I want to know, do you believe that this confidence is warranted? Or do you think the fan base is being overconfident going into this game next weekend? 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. Because there's no doubt, this is a good Chiefs team. This is by far the best team the Eagles have played this year. But this Eagles team, when you look at, at the nature of this season, they are 16-1 and with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. That one loss, you know, not to use the word 
fluky. The Eagles lost the game. You can't make excuses, but it was a weird game. It did have, you know, a lot of weird aspects to it in terms of the time of possession. Eagles turned the ball over a few too many times. I mean, the Quez Watkins play, if Quez Watkins doesn't get stripped of that ball after getting up, Eagles probably win that game. This team should be extremely confident. The fan base should be extremely confident. But I want to know, do you think there is overconfidence going on uh, considering how overwhelmingly you know positive people feel about this going into it? 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. And before we go to the phones here, I'll ask my producer, Francisco Rojas. Francisco, do you think people are being overconfident going into this game? Do you put any stock into the idea that they haven't really been tested yet? Um, well, we, we had this conversation the other night. Like, I, I understand the whole, look, I, I, I get the competition is a little bit down this year. But I told you the other night, they've, they, they played in the best division in football this year. And I know you're going to poo-poo that, but it's the fact. It's a fact of the matter. They played in the best division in football this year. So they have been tested to a certain extent. It seems like every time uh, people don't want every single, to – every single shot, people don't want to give the Eagles credit. It, it's, every single shot they have, they want to – that's what they do. Um, but I think people are, like, being a little too over like, – look, I think fans should be confident. I think the Eagles uh, should be favorites. I think you should think the Eagles are going to win this game. But I'm feeling like there's a lot of people are like, oh, man, it's going to be a blowout, this, this Super Bowl. Like, we're going we're gonna to destroy the Chiefs, blah, blah, blah. Like, the Chiefs – look, you still have Patrick Mahomes. You give him two weeks to, to get healed up. I don't, I don't know the extent of, um, you know, what his injury is going to be like in a week. Um, but – Still have Patrick Mahomes. He's the best player in football. Um, the way I look at their defense, like, they still have a very good secondary. Um, they they rush the quarterback pretty well. Uh, their pass rush is, like, I think top five this year. They, I mean, like, they, there's there's a chance, like, the Chiefs got there for a reason. The Chiefs got to the Super Bowl for a reason. Um, you know, Mahomes had a really good game last week, even playing on this, you know, this high ankle sprain. And I, I, I really do think there's a chance. I, I have the Eagles winning, but I don't have the Eagles winning by, like, three touchdowns like other people are making it out to be. So I do think there is a little bit of too much overconfidence going on. And I get it. We're, we've been the best team in the NFL this year, but that doesn't mean it's, it, people are acting like uh, it's going to be impossible for the Chiefs to win. Like, it's not, there, there's a possibility the Chiefs could win. I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, that's exactly the question I wanted to throw out there. I mean, and Francisco just said it right there. Do you think people are being overconfident? Because there is – it, it it again like it almost makes you uneasy how confident everybody is because people seem you know to to not even really be in fear heading into this game and that's a unique situation for this fan base particularly to be in but i don't think it's unwarranted like i don't think it's unwarranted consider what we've seen from this team we have seen very few flaws we have seen very few cracks. And the bottom line is the Eagles are going into this game, and if you trust what they're saying about Avante Maddox, they will be completely healthy. When they take the field next Sunday afternoon or next Sunday night, they will have 22 of 22 starters on the field. And when this team has all their guys out there, all 22 starters healthy and ready to go, I don't think there is a team that can beat them without them beating themselves. Like, I don't think this is a situation where the Eagles, you know, are going to get outplayed. The uh, the Eagles, I believe this team is so talented, so well-prepared, so good, and so ready week in, week out, that the only way I think they lose, essentially, is if they beat themselves. I don't think the confidence right now is unwarranted. And and I want to get your take on it start the show tonight. Is there an overconfidence 
with this team right now going in to face the Kansas City Chiefs because, I mean, that's a legitimate opponent, no doubt. Patrick Mahomes, best player in the sport. Andy Reid, one of the best coaches in the history of the NFL, uh, without a doubt. But I think when you look at the teams and you stack up the rosters, the Eagles are better at more spots. The Eagles are just better. And I don't think the overconfidence is unwarranted at this point. Um, I don't think the confidence is unwarranted, and I don't think people are necessarily wrong to be as confident as they are in this team. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, let's get it started on the phones with Tom in Harleysville. What's up, Tom? Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. So um, I agree that there's, there's no need to worry at this point. Like you said, we have 22 of the starters still active right now, which is un- very unusual for Super Bowl. And of all the years that the Eagles have played, this has got to be the best roster we ever had. I mean, I remember the days when Cunningham played. Like, he was the, he was the offense, basically. He didn't have hardly anybody to go to. And back then, we were, you know, sitting on the edge of our seats always. You never knew what was going to happen with him playing. It was actually unbelievable. It was kind of fun to watch. But uh, you're really on the edge of your seat with that team. But this team here that we have today, I think that uh, they are the most talented football team I've ever seen as an Eagles fan, which I've been one for years. And uh, I'm so confident I put a bet in that if I lose, I'll, I'll get in a cheerleading outfit, which isn't going to look too good for a 60-year-old man, 62-year-old man to be in that. But that's how confident I am. Yeah, Tom, Tom, you might be overconfident. I'm not sure I'd be yeah, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> Well, I've been, I've been a fan for a long time. That's why. And I've seen the teams throughout. And this, this – uh, don't get me wrong, Kansas City is a good team. Patrick Mahomes is an awesome quarterback. I mean, there's no doubt they could lose, but I'm of all the years I've been rooting for them, this I feel that this time I'm really confident in this particular uh, situation we're in. Yeah, Tom, I hear you, and I appreciate the call. And, you know, it, it's not – a slight against the Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs are a tremendous team, and I think the Chiefs are the second-best team in football. I mean, I think you have a situation where you do have the best, the, the two best teams in here. But I, 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 it struck me how confident people are this week. Like, it surprised me, honestly, how confident people are, just because that's not the way we normally feel in this city. You know, we're, we're normally kind of... I don't know if it's a you know negative attitude, but in a way, you're always somewhat apprehensive about what could potentially happen. I haven't heard much of that this week, and I don't know if it's a byproduct of just seeing this team play all year. By seeing how easy it's gone in the playoffs, because let's face it, this has been a pretty easy playoff run so far. I mean, we haven't really had any moments of fear during any of those games. I mean, the Giants game was a blowout from, from the opening kickoff. The San Francisco game was over the second Brock Purdy got hurt. But it has kind of surprised me how confident people are. It surprised me how, you know, just just lack of fear, the lack of fear that anybody has about this game, especially when you're going in and you're facing Patrick Mahomes, you're facing Andy Reid, and, you know, I, I can't tell you I feel any differently. 
like I feel very similarly at this point. And I'm not ready to make a final prediction yet. Like we'll see how things transpire over the next week. But as of right now, I'm extremely confident the Eagles are going to win this game. I think they're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. I think they are going to largely do what they have done this year. And and their talent is just going to to shine. And their talent is just going to, as a whole, overtake the Kansas City Chiefs and overwhelm the Kansas City Chiefs. And if that's the fact, if you're better at you know 20 or 21 uh, starting spots on the field, that usually outweighs the play of a great quarterback. Patrick Mahomes is phenomenal, but... If the Chiefs can't play with the Eagles up front, I don't think it's really going to matter all that much. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Brian in San Diego. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How are you? Good. How are you? I'm ready for this game, dude. I'm so ready. And I don't think anyone's overconfident, right? Let's just look at the leverage situations in the game. We're talking about how many sides does this defensive line have? Uh, oh, a lot, against, Brian. I don't know the exact number, against, but the most in franchise history. Chiefs O-line, right? I mean, talking about historic defensive line, okay? Number one pass defense going against Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and who? Right? Yeah, yeah, Brian, yeah. And the Chiefs defense, they're not anything to write home about. They're average at best. And this has been, I mean, I can't really say anything except the Eagles have been the best offense in the league this year. I'm not overconfident. I expect the Eagles to win. They should win this game. And if anyone knows, like, okay, Andy Reid, he's a great coach, all-time coach. He, he's going to go down in history as one of the best coaches of all time. But if anyone knows about the trials and struggles that Andy Reid has with in-game management, it's the Philadelphia Eagles fans. So, no, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that we're overconfident. I think, I think we're expecting a win. The Eagles should win this game. And, and that's about it. Yeah, I hear you, Brian, and I appreciate the call. Now, I think a lot of the Andy stuff in big games, I think that's overrated. I think Andy is a, a very good coach, and I don't think that's something that Eagles fans should necessarily be looking at as an advantage here. But I think when you look at the rosters, I mean, I, I do think on paper the Eagles are better at, at a, a lot of positions here. And, you know, I think fans have a reason to be confident. And it surprises me how confident people are, but I don't think it's unwarranted. And, you know, I I feel the same way. And in a way, you know, I wanted to ask the audience because I feel a little uncomfortable with how confident I am in the Eagles winning this game. This is not typical for me where you go into such a big game, obviously, uh, a game where you can win win, win a Super Bowl, win a second championship. It's odd because we don't typically feel that way as a fan base. I don't typically feel that way going into this game, and that's why I want to ask, are, are we missing something here? Are we being overconfident? I don't believe so, uh, but I'd love to get your take on it because um, I'm not hearing many people say they're very concerned, and that's you know unique, certainly going into a game against Patrick Mahomes, uh, who is the best player in the league. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Get back to the phones when we return. Also, uh, I want to thank a 49er. who I think that the Eagles a, a huge favor over the weekend. We'll get to that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. <laughs> Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a 
Sunday evening, taking you up till 9 o'clock tonight. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, started the show off, obviously, talking about Super Bowl 57 next week and asking the question whether, as a fan base, we are overconfident going into this game. Because it's been a unique feeling and uh, kind of an odd one to see, you know, the the level of of extreme confidence that Eagles fans have going into such a big game against a worthwhile opponent here. Like, this is not, you know, a, a scenario where the Eagles are massive favorites. I mean, they're one-and-a-half-point favorites against a really good Kansas City Chiefs team with a quarterback who's by far the best in the sport, with a coach who who we know is one of the best of all time, yet I'm sensing very little concern, and I feel the same way. Um, I'm not feeling that level of concern. I'm feeling extremely confident, uh, but I want to know if if you think we're being overconfident as a fan base as we head in to this game next Sunday. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. And I think part of it is locally we feel this way about the Eagles. And locally, we know how good this team is because we watched them in and out each week. Like, this is a team that I think is is – Different than the 2017 team. Obviously, that team was going in. They were underdogs going into the playoffs after the Carson Wentz injury. This team has pretty much been dominant start to finish. I think they're much more reminiscent of the 2004 team than they are the 2017 team. But you look back, you know, and they've been dominant start to finish this year. But nationally, I don't think they're viewed the same way. And Brandon Ayuk, wide receiver for the San Francisco 49ers, um, was on a podcast over the weekend. And he was, uh, you know, pretty, I think, disrespectful of the Eagles. Here was Ayuk on who he thinks is going to win the Super Bowl and what he thinks uh, of the Eagles and how they got there. And, you know, I think that's the way a lot of people still feel about this team is that the Eagles have not been tested yet, you know, and that Brandon Ayuk says that about, you know, the Eagles and the fact that they got lucky because the that Brock Purdy got hurt. I mean, that that's ridiculous. I mean, do I think do I think that that that, you know, uh, certainly made the game easier, of course, but do I think that that means that that the Eagles got lucky and the Eagles don't deserve to be here? Absolutely not. And I think this is definitely something the Eagles are going to use their advantage this week. Here was Nick Sirianni, you know, talking about that after the game last Sunday and whether his team's carrying chip on their shoulder. I wouldn't say we, we felt disrespected by, by anything, by any means, but we wanted to come out here and, and, and let ourselves know and let, we knew we knew, um, but let everybody know that, you know, how physical, how physically tough we are and how mentally tough we are. You know, no matter what was going to happen in that game, I know we, I know these guys in this locker room, we're going to keep fighting and keep ripping it um, because they've been through life's ups and downs and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they were built for this. And, you know, I think that's something this team used their advantage. And I think they're going to use those Brandon IU comments as well, because I mean, you know, I, I, I don't feel that way. I don't think the Eagles need any, any extra motivation at this point. Uh, but they'll absolutely use it. And I, I think nationally, that is part of the way people feel about this team. For whatever reason, you know, they think they haven't been tested. They think they haven't really shown it against the best of the best. We'll see it next week. Um, but, you know, I fully believe the Eagles will go out and perform uh, to the level they performed at throughout the course of the year. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to David in California. What's up, David? What is that? Your high school race? 
What's that? Yo, David, are you are you there? I'm here. Um, uh, I'm showing my fantasy football ring. <laughs> okay. What do you What do you got, David? Uh, my sister's in Colorado. Um, we're all going to Tampa for a Super Bowl party. We're all from Philadelphia. We're going to party out there. Um, she said to me the other day about uh, Travis uh, Kelsey. Okay, all he does. It, all Mahomes does is throw to him. It, 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 you know it's coming, and it, it always happens. How would you now? All that is is a button hook. You go out ten, fifteen yards, turn around, the ball's already in the air. Now, if somebody all all you got to do is just step in front of that before Kelsey uh, turns around. Uh, is that is that like? Well, David, I, I think we're going to have to put. Uh, I think we're going to have to put you in touch with Jonathan Gannon. I mean, if, if Travis Kelsey's so easy to defend, I don't know. I think if it was that easy, somebody would have been able to figure it out by now. That's what I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like, just like nod to one of the your your buddies and say, "Look, I'm going to cut in front of him before he turns around, because you know it's coming." Yeah, like, David, I don't think it's that easy, man. I mean, I don't think I Travis Kelsey's not, running the same route every every single time. But it's it's just funny how nobody has defended that yet. And it, I know it sounds easy on paper, let's say, but it's, is it a gutsy move because then you're leaving the other people vulnerable? I don't know. I, I, yeah, I... I Hear you, David. I don't know. Like, do you think it's that easy, Francisco? I mean, well, yeah. Why don't you just step in front of Travis Kelsey? It's easy to defend that guy. Right. M- must be so easy to, you know. I mean, the guy's on going to be in the Hall of Fame. So interesting. Yeah I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think it's that easy. I mean, I do think defending Travis Kelsey is going to be the key for the Eagles' defense. I mean, when you look at these Kansas City offensive skill players, they're not that great, honestly. Um, the loss of Tyree Kill, you know, I, I think is something that has not cost them so far this year. I think this is a matchup and a situation where that loss of Tyreek Hill is going to be one that's going to affect the Chiefs in this game um, because, you know, I I think the Eagles are in a pretty unique situation where they can defend this offense pretty well, where you have James Bradbury and Darius Slay on the outside. I trust them one-on-one against the Chiefs' outside receivers. It's going to come down to Avante Maddox, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. How can those guys contain Travis Kelsey on the inside? And, you know, that that's going to be the real test for Jonathan Gannon. If the Eagles do that and the Eagles are able to keep Kelsey under wraps, I think the Chiefs are going to have a difficult time offensively, uh, especially in the passing game, moving the ball because these Eagles' outside corners uh, do so much. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Jeff in Wilmington. What's up, Jeff? Hey, TK, what's going on, buddy? How you doing, man? You know, future Hall of Famers tend to be difficult to defend. You yeah, know what I mean? I, I feel <laughs> it's like it's easy. a little tougher for – I mean, it sounded yeah. like uh, he he wasn't that focused, Jeff, but, yeah, I think yep. uh, it's yeah, difficult I, to I defend, right. Kelsey. Yeah. So, I'm I'm confident. I'm a, a, a one-score, like a four-to-seven point confident, maybe a little bit more. But I here's why I think a lot of people are more confident now than ever. We've already won a Super Bowl. Like, we have that off that monkey off of our back. So now we know that it's possible because we've been close so many times up until 2018, and we finally got over that hump. Plus, this team is probably the best Eagles team put together, you know, maybe ever. So 
I just think that's where a lot of the confidence comes from. Yeah, Jeff, and I think that's a great point. I think that's where a lot of it comes from as well because it it, it always felt like until the Eagles won it, and we'd yeah. seen it so many times that something would go wrong. You know, how many times had something gone wrong, whether it's 02, 04, 08, when they make that, that run and lose to Arizona. You know, you're always kind of feeling like the bottom's going to fall out. Then I, I, I agree with you. I think winning that Super Bowl has, has changed our mindset. Yeah, and again, I just think overall this team is better the way they uh, – I mean, look, Jalen Hurts has only lost one game this year while he's on the field, and that was to the worst team in our division. And they weren't, they weren't that bad, the, the commanders. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a few turnovers, that's what cost us that game. Yeah, but no, I, I agree. Good. I agree, Jeff, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And uh, if you want to get in here, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. But I think Jeff makes a good point. And this is something I wanted to look at as well, because I do think it's interesting, the change in mindset that we've had as a fan base. Because I don't think, even if we have the same matchup, even if you replicate a lot of the same elements – same rosters, you know, same coaching staff, same exact season. But you do it without what happened in 2017. I don't think we feel the same way. Like, I think we're looking at this, and I think we'd have a lot more fear about this game. I think we would have had a lot more fear going into the NFC Championship game. But Super Bowl 52 has at least changed my mindset on how I look at the Eagles and what I think is possible. And I want to know, has your mindset changed as an, as an Eagles fan since the Eagles won it in 2017? If you want to get in, 215-592-9494. Because I don't believe that anywhere near the same level of confidence would exist without winning one first. Like, we'd be more n- nervous. We would be waiting for something bad to happen because of how many times we've seen something bad happen whether it was those early Andy years where the team kept knocking on the door and unable to get it done. You lose in 04. You lose the championship game in 08. It did have this feeling where we we put the Super Bowl on such a pedestal and we felt like it was just never going to happen, that something was always going to go wrong. And to a point, we've even gotten to a level where we, we mythologize that team. And I don't think even we'd just do it. I think the players that were on that team do it as well. I mean, Fletcher Cox was asked earlier this week about what team would win, the 2022 team or the 2017 team. Here was his response. <laughs> Who I think would win? Oh, man. <laughs> Probably 2017 team. And I think Fletcher Cox says that because, you know, he mythologizes what the Eagles did that year just like we do. Like, what they did was incredible. Going on that run – was was insane, and it was the first one, you know? And I think that is something that's been built up in, in all of our minds, and that's why we do look at it as being more possible now. Like, if we replicate these exact same situations, but we do it and say the Eagles had lost that game to the Patriots in 2017, I don't think this confident attitude is the same. I think there would be a lot more fear, and when you look at that matchup, when you look at – how the 2017 team stacks up to this team, I think this team would be the 2017 team. And I'll throw that out to you as well. Like, who do you think would win that game? Because I think the 2022 team is certainly better. I think they'd be favored going into a matchup if you were to put these teams head-to-head. And I do think that has had a massive effect 
on this fan base, and I think Jeff makes a really good point, uh, our last caller here, that we are confident because we know it's possible now. We didn't know it was possible before. Like, uh, we always had that that disappointment at the end of the season. The fact that the Eagles finally got it done showed us that it can be done, and, and I certainly think that plays into it in a major way. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to our buddy Linda in Ballot. What's up, Linda? Hiya, TK. How are you, honey? I'm good. How are you? I am wonderful. You know, it, I have to tell you, you know, I listen all over the country. I always have. Since I've been 39, I've been calling sports stations all over, even in Canada. And I have to tell you, this year, what bothered me, TK, every week before the Eagles would play somebody, I had to hear people, even hosts on WIP, um, say, oh, well, you know, the Giants can come in here and blah, blah. They never gave the Eagles credit for nothing. It was always gloom and doom. And how far can we crawl into a hole because we're scared? I was not scared. I called on this radio station, and I said the Eagles would beat Fresco. Now, I didn't know they were going to knock out Purdy, but I said there's no rookie coming in here and beating us. And I saw on the Internet, oh, Tommy, if you've seen this, honey, against Bosa, that they isolated the defense on the Internet. It was jaw-dropping. It was like Buffalo coming to get people. Nobody on the Frisco could do anything. No, I mean... tackled before they even took a breath. Linda, this this offensive line, I mean, is is just dominant. And that's why, you know, you look at the last couple weeks, obviously the Eagles weren't going up against great offenses, but they were going up against pretty damn good defensive lines, and this offensive line, you know, just dominated both of them. Well, and the other thing... um, I'm not really confident, honey. I just think they're going to win. I have a feeling they are. I'm just so proud of them. And I don't listen to what anybody in other states or uh, stations say about our Eagles because I'm so proud of them. And this is like a dream come true. You understand me? Especially for me because while the Eagles are kicking butt, the Sixers are rocking and rolling, and the Phillies keep adding to their bench. I picked up a hell of a player. Yeah. Uh, and I am so happy they took us into because spring training starts soon, honey. Yeah. No, it, it starts up uh, very soon, Linda, and uh, it's going to be awesome. I appreciate you checking in. It's great to Thanks, hear from Thanks, son. All right. Take, take it care. easy. Take it easy, Linda. It's always great hearing from Linda. We love her here at the station. And it is a great time, man. I mean, the Phillies go to the World Series. Spring training starting up in a – when does spring training start? Next couple week, weeks. Now week? you're not that excited because Reese is still on the team, No, right? I mean, I mean it's, it's spring training. It, this is what bothers me when people will say, like, you know, spring – baseball's back when spring training starts. 
Baseball's not back until the baseball season. It's because you're such a... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Alner, it's not no, ba- it, it, that's baseball's not, not true. back when spring training starts. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's exciting. Yes. Are, you, are you dialed in to watch every uh, yes, spring training? Yes, I love well, watching well, you, spring training You might baseball. because you're a baseball freak. But, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, schedule my life around watching a, a Phillies-Blue Jays game in Dunedin at 105 on a Wednesday it's a, afternoon. It's a great vibe, man. Just it's a fine thing to have in the background. Baseball's not back till the baseball season starts. It's enough regular season games anyway. Get out of here. Spring training is not the start of baseball season. But what are you watching instead? I don't know. I'll have it on the back. You watch golf? Oh, not, I know you like golf, I'm not right? Gonna, I'm not going to worry about, you know, uh, watching every single spring training game in the late innings when you got a bunch of guys on the field who aren't even going to be playing during the season. That's uh, ridiculous. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. That is how you join the show. Everybody on hold. Hang there. We will get to you when we get back. Also, need to mention a big trade in the NBA on uh, Sunday and – how the Sixers could factor into all this, because I think this could present an opportunity. We'll talk about that when we return. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in, 
9494 is how you join the show. Uh, asking whether Eagles fans are overconfident going into the Super Bowl next week because, you know, there's not a lot of concern. It, it, you know, most of the people I've spoken to, um, both on, you know, the air here and also off the air and, and just people working at the station, most people extremely confident uh, about this game. I don't think it's unwarranted, uh, but I want to get people's takes on it. Are we being overconfident going into this? And why is it? Because I think the last caller, Jeff, made a really good point. I think a lot of it links back to the fact that we've seen the Eagles do it. Like, I don't think if Super Bowl 52 had, had gone the other way and the Eagles lost that game, I don't think the same level of confidence would exist. I don't think people would feel as strongly that the Eagles are going to take care of business next week um, because this Chiefs team is really good. But, um, you know, the the Eagles have, have, I think, demonstrated throughout the course of this year that they're the best team in the league. And people really have bought into it. People really believe in it. And I want to know if you believe the mindset has changed since the Eagles won one. I don't think there's any doubt that is a massive factor in people's confidence here. Just the fact that we've seen it, we know the Eagles have done it before. We know it's not this impossible feat that we've been chasing as sports fans our entire life um, and that they can get it done. And, and I think a lot of people have really bought into that and believe it. So if you want to get in on that, 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, also, wanted to uh, mention Sixers playing tonight. They're, they're leading uh, the Knicks pretty significantly in New York right now. But the big news of the day uh, in the NBA, just two days after Kyrie Irving goes to the Nets, demands a trade, requests a trade, however you want to put it, the Nets send him to Dallas uh, for Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and some picks. I mean, the Nets, I think at this point, uh, Kyrie did them a favor, honestly. Like, by going and asking for a trade, they needed to end that situation. I mean, Kyrie's been a disaster since he's been there. He's caused headache for them after headache. And, I mean, their experiment of bringing Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden together ended in spectacular fashion. I mean, this is one of the biggest failures in the history of the NBA and and maybe in the history of sports. And I look at the Mavs. um, I don't think it's a good move. I understand on paper how... Luka Doncic and Kyrie are going to be very difficult to guard. But you can't trust them. You can't trust Kyrie Irving. And they better win this year because after this, uh, Kyrie's going to make their lives a living hell. And the guy's a terrible teammate. He's Honestly, I don't think, and I don't say this lightly, I don't think he's a very good person. And, you know, I, I don't like to, to say that about people, but just from what we know about Kyrie, he doesn't seem like a great guy to me. He doesn't seem like somebody who cares about anybody uh, aside from himself. And I think it's going to be a disastrous situation. And I think he ultimately he did Brooklyn a favor by moving on. But the interesting thing now is what do the Nets do with the rest of their roster and what do they do with Kevin Durant? And I wanted to throw this out to you because I think it's a no-brainer. And I got some pushback on social media when I threw this out the other night. But if Brooklyn decides this week – they are going to blow it all up and they're going to trade Kevin Durant and they are going to look to restart. I am offering whatever I have of value aside from Joel Embiid to Brooklyn to get Kevin Durant. I don't know if it would be enough. I doubt it would be, but I mean, if you could do a deal around Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, whatever draft picks you have to trade, I wouldn't care. I would give everything up 
and basically just try to win a championship this year with Joel and B, James Harden, Kevin Durant. And I want to know from people, would you do that? Would you be willing to sell the farm, essentially, trade Tyrese Maxey, and really whatever you have of value to trade, don't think they'd want Harden back. Um, wouldn't trade Joel Embiid, obviously. But would you give whatever you could up for Kevin Durant, or do you want to see what this team has is currently built? Because the Sixers are playing well this year. Um, they're playing much better, uh, certainly over the last six to eight weeks. I don't think it's enough. I would go get Kevin Durant if you have any chance to do so, at least try to make it happen. Would you? 215-592-9494. And I'll ask you, Francisco, what would you do? Like, if the Sixers realistically could make a, a competitive offer for Kevin Durant and Brooklyn looked to move him, would you trade Maxie and Harris and whatever else you needed to if that was a possibility, or would you pass? That, that's so much depth you're giving up. You said, well, you say Maxie, Harris, anybody, who, did you say somebody else or no? Whatever you need to give up. Whatever you need to give up. You're talking about Kevin Durant. You're I talking about that. a top 10 player of all time in my mind. Right. I mean, the guy's uh, he's not getting any younger, and he, he, it's not like he's st- stayed healthy the last, what, five or six years? It's not like he's, he's been – I mean, he's look, when he is healthy, he's been unbelievable. It's a tough one, man, because I think if, you know, Maxie just got back, and I still think Max, Maxie is only getting better. I think Tobias, you know, as much as we hate him here sometimes, he's, you know, he's still a, a productive player. No, he's not, uh, you know, a 30-point scorer, but he's still a good player. Like, he's still a good player. I don't know, man. I, I would say I, I would say yes. I would say I, 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 would, I would go for KD. Right now that you're asking me, I'd say, I'd say yeah. I think you probably you've, – you've, you've, you can't get past the second round the last four or five years. Well, why not? The guys, the guy, you know, the guys helped to win, you, you know, helped Golden State to win a couple championships. Why not? He's still playing at, you know, peak KD level. Yeah, I mean, I think you would need to do it. And I'll throw it out to the audience, 215-592-9494. And, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I know it's unlikely. I know the odds of the Sixers being able to pull something off because of their draft pick situation, um, I guess, would be slim. There are probably teams that could give up more. But if I'm Daryl Morey, I'm calling. And, you know, if they have that level of interest in Maxi, who is – maybe one of the best young players they could get in return. If they're looking to rebuild, because if the Nets are trading KD, they're looking to rebuild this thing, then, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. And I'm, I'm trying to maximize my potential to win a title this year. Because when you have Joel Embiid in his prime, you have Kevin Durant, or you have James Harden, obviously, near the back end of his prime, if not later on in his career. Yeah, I think that's a chance you need to take. You need to try to win this thing right now. And if you can get have any chance to acquire Kevin Durant, you got to take it. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Adam and Contra Hawken. What's up, Adam? Yeah, I, I think the Eagles have done a really, really good job of just making us feel comfortable. I mean, you remember the beginning of the season, it was, well, they can't finish games. They don't score in the second half. They fix that. They special teams are lacking. They fix that. Um, and like, well, and it really wasn't that we haven't come up with anybody to face that's hard. It's they've just dismantled them anyway. We're before Tennessee's game, uh, they're probably going to beat the Eagles. Before the they're going to beat the Eagles. The Vikings, oh, the Vikings are going to teach the Eagles a lesson. We just keep proving them wrong. Yeah, Adam, and that's the way I look at it. Is is you know every time you you do come to maybe doubt this team or think they're not as good as we believe they are. I mean, they just come out and dominate. And I get, like, in the playoffs, I'll be the first to say 
they had a pretty easy stretch in those two games. But, I mean, they did exactly what you're supposed to do to teams that you're better than. Like, you didn't let them hang around. Totally dominated. And, you know, just the fact that they consistently are workmanlike and take care of business, it gives you a real feeling of, of confidence. And I think you put it well in terms of, like, they have made us feel comfortable. I mean, beyond that, like, I've never in my life, like, when you ask Alexa who's going to win the Super Bowl, it says, well, you know, Mahomes is good, but fly, Eagles, fly, the Eagles are going to win. I mean, I couldn't even, I'm hearing this, and I'm like, like, everybody is confident. I mean, yeah, the line is what it is, but, I mean, the line was that way almost last week or two weeks ago when the Eagles were playing. And, yeah, we took out Purdy, but we did it legally. And who says they're not going to do that to like Mahomes, who can't scramble like he used to do? Yeah, it's just I feel good about it because I mean everybody is doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, no doubt about nice. it. No doubt about it, Adam. And I appreciate the call. And yeah, I mean it's it's gotten to the point where we're people are just extremely confident in this team. And I think you know put it well in terms of the Eagles have made us feel comfortable in trusting them. There's no reason not to. I mean this team's sixteen and one with Jalen Hurts. At quarterback, this could very well be the best Eagles team ever. I think this is the best roster ever. I mean, this is better than the 2017 roster, especially considering the injury situation going into the Super Bowl. I think this is better than the 04 roster. And aside from that one Monday night, they haven't shown any cracks with Jalen Hurts in the lineup. And I think, you know, the the, the confidence, while being a little surprising just because of the fact that we're in Philadelphia and because of the fact that that we're not typically this confident going into a big game um I understand it and I think it's warranted that's just how good this team is let's go to Joe in Jenkintown what's up Joe yeah what's going on Tom how are you good man how are you good like as a fan as a fan of the Eagles what's the point in in being concerned what is what damage does it do if we're overconfident? You know, we have two weeks here between the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. Uh, you see all the Eagles stuff everywhere. I'm a bartender. Everyone's coming in, you know, birds this, birds that. Everyone's confident, and it's fun. So why not have these two weeks to just have fun and be a little confident? We made it to the Super Bowl. Let's have some fun as fans. Yeah, no doubt about it, Joe. And I think, you know, th- that's that's the way people – are approaching it. I just, I, I normally you'll get some people and myself included. Like, I feel like typically I would be more nervous going into this game, but I'm not. And I don't know if it's just because this team's that good. I don't know if it is because the Eagles won five years ago. I just think it's kind of fascinating how confident this fan base is in this team. I, I think that we'll all get a little bit more nervous come Sunday, you know, but this is a fun part. Um, and, and I know I'll be more nervous Sunday morning, you know, as, as the kickoff leads up, I'm going to, I'm going to start feeling the nerves and I'm overconfident now, but I know when Sunday creeps up, I think everyone's going to settle down a little bit and we're going to lock in and kind of, uh, stop the hooting and hollering and and watch the game. Yeah. And I, I hear you, Joe, and I appreciate the call. And, and yeah, I think as the week goes on, I'm interested to see how the week transpires and the week goes by here. But one of the cool things about this job is you do get to to interact with the fan base and you do, I feel like, get a sense of where the fan base is at. And I I just, I cannot remember many times in which there's been this overwhelming level of confidence. Because 2017, going into Super Bowl 52, 
people were confident the Eagles were going to win that game, I feel like. But it was more like an us-against-the-world type thing. And it was more like you just had this innate feeling that that team was special. This is different because it felt like that team was was destined. You know, it felt like that team was special. With this team, Francisco, it just feels like people believe, no, it's not destiny. It's not anything like that. They're just better. They're just like, that good, and they've proven it over the last three or four months. Right. Like, it's more it, – this team's more work – it feels more, like, workmanlike. Just, like, this team is so good. It has nothing to do with, with you know, uh, Nick Foles' magic. It has nothing to do with, with destiny or anything like that. It just – this team is better than everybody else – and they're going to go out next Sunday, and they're just going to be better than the Chiefs. And which is, and like you brought the Ayuk uh, cut up earlier. Like, I honestly, I don't think they care about that. I, I know you'd mentioned like oh, maybe they're using it as motivation now. Like, if anything, obviously they would. I don't. I, this type of team, like the culture they they that they have built in that locker room with like Sirianni, Hurts, you know, Lane Johnson, Kelsey, Kelsey, uh, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, all these guys. Like, I I truly don't think they care. Like, they probably heard it and they're like whatever, like, we know we're good, like, we don't need that, like, whatever, one in one ear out the other. I, I honestly don't think they care. Like, this team's just that good. Oh, I don't think I don't think they care in terms of, like, they worry about it, but I definitely think they use it. Like, right, no, I, I don't yeah. even think they're using it. I don't even think, I think they're, they, one ear out the other, like, ah, whatever, but we're, we're going to go win this game. Like, we know we're good. Interesting, and that might be the way it is, um, and, uh, We'll see if Nick Sirianni says anything about that this week, if any of the Eagles are asked about it um, at media night or anything. Uh, but, yeah, I think this team, they just carry themselves with confidence, and I think that's really translated the fan base. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Get back to the phones when we return. And also want to ask about this Super Bowl and how it compares, how the feeling if the Eagles do emerge victorious next Sunday night, how it would compare – to what we felt five years ago um, because it's going to be different. There's no doubt about that. So we'll talk about that as well. I'm Tom Kelly with you till nine sports radio, 94 WIP. Sports radio, 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in two one five. 592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, obviously talking a lot about Super Bowl 57 tonight. And whether you're whether, whether as a fan base, we're overconfident as Eagles fans going into this game. Because you're playing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, obviously the best player in the NFL. Um, this Chiefs team is, is a juggernaut. I mean, they've been to the conference championship game, what, I mean, five straight years now? Every single year, Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback of the Chiefs. They've at least gone to the conference championship game. Uh, they're they're an unbelievable opponent. Yet, I'm not hearing a lot of fear from Eagles fans. I can't think of of one you know person who either covers the team that I've heard talk about it or, or people we talk to that, that expresses a ton of concern that the Eagles are going to win. And what's crazier is I, I I think it's warranted. Like, I think this confidence is warranted considering what we've seen from this team and considering how good they are. And again, like, I think it's so much different than 2017. First off, because we have the experience of them having done it. You know, I think that plays into it a great deal. You've seen this team win a championship. You know it's possible. Going into Super Bowl 52, there was always this kind of inevitable feeling of of dread 
that you know something was going to go wrong at at the wrong time and they weren't going to get it done. I don't feel that way now, and I don't think many people do feel that way now. There's just an overwhelming sense of confidence, and I think part of it's because 2017, but I also think this team's just different. Like, that year we looked at it, and people, I think, were were cautiously optimistic. People were hopeful that that team would be able to knock off the Patriots in the Super Bowl, and it had this feeling of, like, they were destined to win just because with all the injuries and and, and uh, Nick Foles steps up, and it seemed like they were on some sort of magical run. This team feels different because this team just feels good. Like, it just seems like the Eagles are better than than their opponent. They've been better than everybody they've played. They've shown it every week this season, uh, with the exception of that one game uh, against Washington where the Eagles lose kind of in, in weird fashion. But bottom line is this team's 16-1, and including the playoffs, when Jalen Hurts is on the field. And it just feels like the attitude is we are better than you are, and – I think that's why the confidence is there. I think it's different than 2017 when it was more an emotional confidence. This is just like an intellectual confidence. This is an X and O thing. You just look at it and you just feel like the Eagles are more talented and that's going to play out next Sunday. And I don't think it's unwarranted. I think people should be confident. And, you know, I think the Eagles match up pretty well going into this game. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Also, I wanted to throw this out there as well and get people's take on this because, you know, it's hard to compare championships. And and I'll just speak from personal experience here. I've only seen two titles in my lifetime. I was born in 1987. Obviously, I had to wait a long time for my first. Phillies win the World Series in 08. And then the Eagles win the Super Bowl in, in 2017. So they're, they're the only frames of reference that I have. But I want to know, is there any way that if the Eagles win next Sunday, how does it compare to Super Bowl 52? And, and can it can it match it? And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, Because as special as it would be, you know, and – not like as special as it would be, and I don't want to take away from what it would mean for the Eagles to win another Super Bowl. But I just don't think anything can compare to the first time they win a Super Bowl. I just don't. And I always thought maybe if anything would compare, it would be the Eagles beating Andy Reid. Like the way the Eagles beat that Patriot team, maybe if they beat Andy Reid in the Super Bowl, and this is not an anti Andy thing. I love Andy Reid, and I'm sure I'll talk about that plenty this week. And I think Andy Reid deserves a lot of respect for what he built here and and what the Eagles have become. I think a lot of it is in large part because of Andy. But I want to know when we, if the Eagles, and there's the overconfidence again, when we, but if the Eagles win next Sunday night, how we feel? Francisco, what about you as a, a lifelong Eagles fan? How would it compare? Can it be, can it be as special? And I'm not saying it won't be special. I'm not saying it won't be an incredible feeling. But can anything compare to what we uh, experienced five years ago? Absolutely not, man. Like, look, I, I, I'm 28 years old, and I always get, I always get the older people that are like, oh, well, you don't know what I went through, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I get it. I get it. But just being an Eagles fan, like, look, you know, my, my dad, uh, he, you know, he kind of, I'm trying to think of what the, what the word is. But, um, you know, just being an Eagles fan, you, it's kind of like ingrained into you. 
even though okay, I haven't I didn't wait as long as maybe somebody much older than me. You kind of still feel that way though. Like when the, when they won, when they eventually, you just feel that that monkey monkey off your back. Like I, I don't. Uh, that's probably an understatement, right? Like when the, the the Eagles in this town. Like look, baseball is my favorite sport, but the the Eagles is just a different special connection with this city. The camaraderie that comes with being an Eagles fan, it's just different than everything else. So when they won the first time, man, like, look, I cried immediately when they won. Like, I, 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 I cry, I cry when they, the, immediately uh, when I, when the clock's at zero and uh, you know Brady threw the hail mary pass and everything like that. It's just, it's just different being an Eagles fan, man. So that first time that they won, like, it, it was, it's just a. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Different, different feeling, and nothing will ever compare to, you know, winning Super Bowl Fifty Two. Nothing will ever compare to that. No, no World Series. No, if the Flyers win a cup in ten years, like that, it will never compare to that. Yeah, and it's just you know not to demean what the Eagles would do. It's just the first time you win one, it's just it's just different. The way the Eagles won it, everything that went into it, the the the, the five decade long wait since that that franchise had won uh, a Super Bowl. Or six decade long wait. Um, no, f- fifty seven years. Fifty seven years. So, uh, if anybody wants to get in on that and how it would compare, uh, I'd love to get that from you as well. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. If you want to get in, let's go back to the phones. Go to Ben in Lancaster. What's up, Ben? Well, love the show. Thanks for having me on. Um, I, I'm actually not that confident. Um, so I'm hopeful. Uh, I, I think I have a little more confidence than I did the previous Super Bowl. But you know, the Super Bowl is a different game. It's it's its own game. And, you know, the Kansas City have a lot more experience there. Um, I think it's going to come down to a knockout, drag out, who wants it more. And I'm hoping that's, you know, the Eagles. They're hungry. Yeah, I mean, Ben, it's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, when you look at when you look at the Chiefs and the Eagles, I think it's a matchup where the Eagles are better on most spots on the field. Chiefs have the better quarterback, and and it's gonna you know be be kind of the story. That's gonna be the story of the game. Yep, agreed, hundred yeah. percent. Yep. So yeah, appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And yeah, I mean, I think I think that's really the big part of it is the Eagles are better at most spots in the field. Like I don't think 
I don't know. I don't think it comes down to who wants it more. I think at, when, when you get to this point in the season, I think both teams want it pretty badly. Um, it's going to come down to, to roster versus quarterback in a, lot of sense, in a lot of ways. Like the Eagles are better at most spots on the field. The Eagles have the most talented roster in football. Uh, the Chiefs have the best player in football. And we'll see how it all plays out. Let's go back to the phones. Go to Phil in West Philly. What's up, Phil? Hey, hey, what's up, Tom? So, uh, first off, go Birds. Right? We're going to win yep. 42-23. That's, 42-23. Wow, that's, yep. a, that's a lot of points that, for the Eagles. That, that point. Uh, Francisco, I'm sorry, bro. How are you? Um, my, my, my comment, my question is, and I, I, I view you as a – basically, you are uh, one of the smartest people on this radio. Right? Well, I don't and know if I'd agree most, with that, but I appreciate it, Phil. Right? And one of the most level-headed people on this radio station. What did you mean by Kyrie was a bad person? I think Kyrie is an incredibly selfish person. I think he's an incredibly selfish person. I don't think he's very considerate of other people and how they feel. I mean, all you have to do is look at some of the stuff that he has done over the past couple of years. And, yeah, I think he's extremely selfish. Okay. Selfish is one thing, but a bad person is different. Like, if I choose right? Because we all have choice in this country. If I choose not to do something, that's my choice. Well, just so you know, Phil, the vaccine thing is not what I was referring to. Like, I'm referring to some of the other stuff that Kyrie Irving has done, some of the remarks he made earlier this year in terms of, you know, some of the anti-Semitic stuff he put out there. That's in a large part why I think he's not a great guy. Okay. No, no. Okay. That's fair. Okay, right? I'll take that as fair. Are you equally as upset with Jeff Bezos? With, what, what are we talking? We're, we're we're talking about Kyrie Irving, though, Phil. Like, what's, what's... No, no, I understand, but but yeah. but the thing is, is he, you feel like his uh, words were anti-Semitic, or or him, quote unquote, promoting the book. Yes, that Amazon still sells to this day. Are you equally as upset? Well, yeah, well, yeah, I think that's wrong too. Then, Phil, I, I don't know why that comparison is being brought up right now, but sure, yeah. Okay, so if he had promoted the book route. Would you be equally upset with, with, with Kyrie Irving? Well, Phil, Phil, I appreciate the call. I don't really know what kind of rabbit hole we're going down here. Yeah, and if you want me to clarify my statement, I think Kyrie Irving is very inconsiderate and is a very selfish person. That's what I believe. Now, Phil, you can you know try to make all the, I, I guess, excuses you want. I don't know what your point was there. But, yeah, I don't think Kyrie Irving's a very good guy. I certainly don't think he's a very good teammate. And I think the Brooklyn Nets being rid of him is going to be better for them overall. Let's go to uh, John in New Jersey. What's up, John? Hey, Tom. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. Uh, I don't know how to follow that up. (laughs) I I don't Um, either, but go ahead. (laughs) I got an Eagles point at 60 points. You got time. My Eagles point, um, I'm a little apprehensive um, just with – Mahomes' ability to extend plays. Um, I, I agree with you that, you know, roster to roster, um, 22 to 22, it favors us. It's just, that, it's just that X factor. So I'm basically echoing what you say there. It's just if Mahomes is able to extend plays, I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be a big, <laughs> a big factor, John, is the Eagles are going to need to keep Mahomes hemmed in and, and keep him in the pocket. And the, the template that I'm looking at here is just what the Bucks did to him a few years ago, where they just overwhelmed up front. You know, they got pressure with four. And if that's the case, like, as great as Mahomes is, I just don't know, you know, what, 
what he's going to be able to do. But I do think that's that's a good point. Like if the Eagles get pressure, they gotta they gotta get him on the ground. They can't let him escape the pocket. Yeah, I think it's one of the most important factors of the game. And uh, my sixth point, I have to slightly disagree with you with with the Durant um, with your Durant take. I, um, I I just think it's too short term of an option. And I know you know Embiid doesn't have forever left of of playing brilliant basketball. But I, ju- I just think with the core that you have together, uh, particularly Maxi, I don't want to give up on a guy that has really given his all to this organization. And, you know, I know we haven't gotten out of second round, and Durant might help us do that this year. I just feel like you're giving up maybe three or four chances for one or two slightly stronger chances. Does that make sense? No, that that totally makes <laughs> sense, John. Without a doubt, it absolutely makes sense. And uh, appreciate the call, man. Thank you very much. Uh, my mouse wasn't working for a second there, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I see that point of it, no doubt. Like, if you are trading and and going all in for Kevin Durant now, and again, like this is something that I will acknowledge is unlikely to happen. We don't know what Brooklyn's thinking right now. I think it would make sense now that they've traded Kyrie. I think it would make sense for Brooklyn to blow it up and restart. They're not going to win a championship. Uh, as currently constituted. And, you know, other teams, I'm sure, will be interested in Durant. But I would I would take the chance of going for it now for, if no other reason, you know, to try to maximize these years with Joel Embiid. Like, you don't – we've talked about it for years. Like, you don't know how long Joel's going to be healthy. Now, Joel, I'll acknowledge this, has been healthier than we've expected him to be throughout the course of his career. But – I mean, every single year in the playoffs, he's dealing with injuries. Every single year. And it's very difficult after going through a full regular season to go through an entire postseason. Um, and while he's in his prime, and he's clearly in his prime right now, he's having the best season of his career. If you can do something to to make your chances even better this year and maximize those chances of winning a title now, I think you you need to take it. I just think you need to take it. I get wanting to extend that window. But I would do whatever it takes to, to, to make your chances better now because how long is Joel going to be content with sticking around here with a team that goes the second round and out? And I don't doubt, doubt that he loves this city. Like, I don't doubt that Joel Embiid loves being a Sixer. But these guys want to win. Like, players want to win. And every NBA player that we've seen who, once they realize or, or – or, decide their chances to win a title in the place they are are not very good, they demand a trade, and they ask out. And I don't think Joel is exempt from that. Like, I think Joel Embiid would eventually do the same thing. You need to take advantage of this opportunity now, and and if you have any chance to get Kevin Durant, I think you need to jump at it. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Rick and Glenn Mills. What's up, Rick? Hey, how are you? Uh, Thanks for having me, Tom. No problem, man. So you asked the question if we should be worried, and I got to say I'm a Dolphins fan, but but I have to be an Eagles fan because I have two brothers that are season ticket holders. So, plus, you know what? It, it is my home team. So, but here's here's what I think we should worry about a little bit is that nobody's really thinking about the fact that we really haven't played a good quarterback this whole season. So if Mahomes, if his ankle is somewhat health good. Uh, we're gonna. We're obviously gonna see the best quarterback that we've seen all season. We could see him run loose. Um, 
I just think none of us are really thinking about that. And we've all watched him for the past four or five years, what he does. That game where he came back and beat Buffalo in the last 17 seconds of the game, this guy, he's magic. I mean, I don't know how you cannot be concerned about him. And plus, like I said, we've been spoiled. We we haven't uh, seen a good quarterback this whole season. And, and I, I, am I the only one that's, that's thinking of that? I mean, like, uh, tell, tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I mean, I, I, Rick, that that and that's one of the big questions, and that's one of the big things that the critics of the Eagles have, have thrown out there. And I don't think that critic—I don't even know if it's criticism, but but the acknowledgement of fact is unfair. I mean, the Eagles haven't played many top-notch quarterbacks, and when they have, I mean, look at what Dak did to them uh, on that Christmas Eve game. But aside from that, yeah, the Eagles haven't played many top-notch quarterbacks this year, so there's no way to really know how they perform. Exactly, Kirk Cousins. He, you know, I'll, I'll give him the nod. He's a he's a very good quarterback. We we beat him fairly easy. Now that that was a home game as well. This is in a neutral stadium. I, I think if I think if Mahomes if that off if that ankle is good, uh, we could be in for a, a, a real tough game. Real tough game. I, I don't even, you know. Hopefully we win, but I, I just I'm, I'm not. Um, I'm not a hundred percent convinced that this is a win, like like all the other callers. I just don't see it. I, you know, I, I'm 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 on board. I think we will win, but I'm a little worried. That's all. Yeah, no, I hear you, Rick, and I appreciate the call. And and that's the question. And I'll throw it out there, you know, uh, to the audience: two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Do you worry about how the defense is going to hold up against the top notch quarterback? Because we haven't seen it. Like we have not seen it. Now I am I'm confident that they will be able to to perform well that they'll be able to get pressure and you know that its defense won't won't succumb to to the genius that is Patrick Mahomes but I'd be lying to tell you that that we've seen it like the few times the Eagles have played against top-notch quarterbacks this year be it you know Aaron Rodgers be it Dak Prescott be it you know they, they did have success against Kirk Cousins but I mean Rodgers had a pretty nice night against the Eagles uh, on that Sunday night game Dak tore them up in that Christmas Eve game. So, yeah, it's 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 a factor here that we need to account for and, and at least acknowledge. Um, do you have trust in this defense shutting down a top-notch quarterback? Because it's the one thing uh, that they really haven't proven this year, not by any fault of their own. Like, if they don't play those guys, if they're not playing those quarterbacks, there's no way to really prove you can do it. But is it a concern going into the Super Bowl uh, looking at the fact that the Eagles have not played one of those top-notch quarterbacks yet. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP if you want to get in. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, I want to know if anybody enjoyed the Pro Bowl festivities today. I caught a little bit of it. Um, I don't know. It's it's not really for me. What'd you think about it, Francisco? Were you a fan of the of the Pro Bowl and the the new way they? So what they do? They did flag football. They did. Did they do the punter kicker tic tac toe? Was that a part of it? Punter kicker tick. I don't. I, maybe I missed it. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely tried to pay attention and tried to watch it. Um, I mean, my little sister plays flag football. And maybe because there's a rooting interest there, I enjoy it more because I want to see her win and her team win. Um, but no, I, I it was not it was not enjoyable. And I don't know if if you caught the uh, 
the 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 best catch contest where the wide receivers you had Stefan Diggs uh jumping off trampolines to catch balls do backflips in the air you know uh, what did you think of that I didn't I didn't see it uh, I I honestly didn't see it I I was I was getting ready for the show I was trying to keep an eye on it but I wasn't really uh paying much attention to it but uh, if anybody wants wants to give their take uh, about the you know uh, Pro Bowl festivities and whether that interests you, I'd uh, love to lo- love to hear from you. I just think they should just get rid of it. Just get rid of the weekend. You don't need it. So it's outdated. Do you don't need to do anything. Just announce but the you guys have, to have who... something, right? No, no why not? Well, well, just announce the guys who are Pro Bowlers. Yeah, but the, the, there has to be some type of game, right? I don't know. I don't think there does though. I guess. I guess so. Nobody watches it anyway. I mean, Moon no one's maybe, ever watched it. But maybe people did enjoy it. So if you want to get in uh, and give me your take on that, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, but uh, talking about Super Bowl 57 and the confidence of Eagles fans, whether you feel you know the fan base is overconfident going into this game, I don't. I, I think the confidence is warranted. I think this is the best team in football. And, uh, you know, I, I think it, it's just a different feeling from 2017 where there was confidence but for very different reasons it felt like that team was destined to win it feels like this team is just gonna win they're just better like they're just better it's a much more workmanlike approach from the team and I think same from the fan base and the fact that the Eagles have already done it before I think really inspires a belief uh, as well 215-592-9494 let's go to Chet and Broomall what's up Chet hey there how you doing good how are you wow Good. Um, thanks for having me. Sure. So the difference between uh, today and uh, five years ago, five years ago they were the underdogs. They, they, they all wore the underdog masks. I don't remember what the spread was, but uh, now, the, the, you know, they were two-and-a-half favorites. Now they're one-and-a-half favorites. So I'm, that's the difference. What, what's the difference? They're going into the game as favorites. Right. They're going into the game as favorites. But, Chad, I don't think the way we typically feel about the team is always reflected by the line. You know what I mean? Like, I still think even though the Eagles were underdogs in 2017, I still feel like there were a lot of people that thought the Eagles were going to find a way to win that game. Yeah, but it was, like, amazing. It was, like, it it was unbelievable. Like you said, destiny. It it felt like destiny, but it was, like, unbelievable. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know, I I think this team is just looked at as better, and I appreciate the call. And yeah, I think that does play into it. And you know, you look at the line; the Eagles uh, are favored by, I guess, a point and a half right now. I'm a little surprised uh, it's not higher. And I think a lot of that is just respect for Patrick Mahomes. And you know, that that's the other question: is are we underrating Patrick Mahomes to a degree? Because this guy's one of the best quarterbacks in football. Um, and I, I mean, well, I think he's the best quarterback and I think he's the best player in football. Uh, but I don't think that supersedes the best team, especially when the talent gap is so significant. And I think there is a talent gap between these two teams. Um, and, and one that the Eagles have the, the, the edge in, in a number of spots Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Mustafa. What's up, Mustafa? Yeah. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Yeah, what I want to say is, like, you know, this time, if Eagles win this game, right, it's going to be sweet, really sweet, because it's going to be the beginning of a dynasty, you know? So that's what I want to say. And it'd be nice beating Andy Reid, you know, everybody else. You know, so, I mean, 
Eagles is just great, you know. Good good team right now. I see the score like seven twenty eight, you know. Nobody's gonna pass seven, you know. That's what I see. So wait, wait. So you you have the Chiefs scoring seven points? Yeah, what are seven points the uh, Chiefs gonna score? No I think I think they're gonna score more than seven. I no, mean I, don't I think, think the Eagles so. are gonna Everybody's win. gonna stop at seven. Seven, seven, seven. Seven. Yeah, That's I think. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you, Mustafa, and, and and I appreciate the call. I mean, I that that I think that's a little overconfidence there, Francisco. I hey, mean, I seven think, seven seven, bro. What's that? Seven seven seven. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, I think he said he said the Eagles were going to win twenty eight seven. Oh, sure. I thought he just kept saying seven seven seven. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are probably going to score uh, more than seven points. Uh, I I think that'll be pretty impressive. Uh, defensive performance if the Eagles were able to hold them down to that. Degree. I mean, Bucks limited them to nine, right? A couple yeah. of years ago. I mean, eh, it's possible. Yep. Uh, let's go to Wally. What's up, Wally? Hello, Wally. Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you? Good. I said, I in the team from five years. Uh, you cut out for a second, Wally. What was that? He said he scares me because he, you know, he can throw. At any angle, without even looking, but I don't think he's—I don't think he's felt the pressure that our defense is going to bring on him. We, we, we can—we can run the ball. We can throw the ball. Hertz, Hertz is one of our running backs. You might as well call him a running back. Because how, how many rushing touchdowns has he got this year? Jalen Hurts has 15 rushing touchdowns this year, and it's uh, more than any other quarterback ever. But Wally, I don't know. I think it's a little—I think it's a little disrespectful to call him a running back. At a quarterback because he's. He, he, he can he can throw the ball on you. He can run the ball on you. you know, yeah, if, yeah. if you put if you put pressure on Kansas City, we put pressure on Mahomes. What's he got? Yeah, I, I hear you, Wally, and I appreciate the call. I, I think you know when you look at the Eagles' offensively, I don't think the Eagles are going to have a ton of problems offensively in this game. Like I think they'll dominate the line of scrimmage. I think they can you know have a lot of success against this Chiefs defense, it's going to come down to the Eagles offense and the Chiefs defense, and it's really going to come down to, to that battle up front. And if the Eagles can get pressure with four, you know, I, I think they should have a pretty a pretty good day. I think they should have a pretty successful, uh, successful day against this Chiefs offense. Um, but if the Chiefs can protect, that's where the Eagles will get into trouble, and I think that's really going to be the entire uh, the entire story of the game here. Let's go to Ryan in Downingtown. What's up, Ryan? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. No problem. How are you? I'm good, man. I, I'm a you know a legitimate 100% Eagles fan. I plead green. I do have some concerns about this game. I'm not going to lie. Um, I don't think that we have been tested against a quarterback of the level of Mahomes. Uh, the closest I think we got was Dak Prescott, who I do not consider a top-tier quarterback, and he shredded our secondary. So, I know on paper we have a good secondary. I don't think Slay has played well, probably since the Minnesota game. And I also just don't know if Jalen has his past timing back since he got hurt, man. I see him missing on deep balls to AJ two games in a row. Uh, then we didn't really have to throw the ball. So, um, And the third thing I wanted to say was our punter just scares me to death, man. That guy, we're lucky if we get the kickoff. Well, Ryan, this is the the good news going into this game. It looks like Aaron Sipos is going to be back. So Kern, who's been punting the last several weeks in the playoffs, um, it looks like Sipos will at least be back. So uh, you know, you'd hope the game does. Yeah, you'd hope the game doesn't come down to the punter, but it seems like the Eagles will have the top punter back. 
But the other two concerns I have, I just feel like those are legitimate concerns that could possibly hurt us a little bit. I think it'll be a great game. But, yeah, I'm a little worried about our secondary against Mahomes. We need to get pressure. And if that doesn't happen, I see him making some plays. And I hope that we can score enough points to win this game. And I hope Jalen can can throw that ball the way he did the first part of the season before he got hurt. Yeah, no, no doubt, Ryan. And I appreciate your call, man. And and yeah, I mean, Jalen Hurts. This could be a game where where we need to say see Jalen Hurts do more than he has done. And uh, so far in the postseason, Jalen hasn't been asked to do a, a, a whole lot. And that's not a negative. Like obviously, you can just see Jalen Hurts' effect. Him being on the field shows how much he means to this team. Like, there's no doubt. Just his leadership, his ability to run the football does present a threat in the run game that defenses need to account for. And you've seen the impact um, in the playoff games uh, of of what Jalen provides in that sense. Now, that being said, the first half of the San Francisco game, I mean, I actually thought the Niners' defense did a good job. I, I did. I thought, I think when we talk about the Eagles scoring 31 against that defense, that does need to be taken with a bit of a grain of salt. There does need to be some context added into that, considering the fact that, I mean, the Niners were playing without a functional quarterback. Like, they were not playing with an offense that was capable of throwing the football. Um, Therefore, you know, their defense had to do a whole lot. I think their defense held up as long as they could. Like, they held up in the first half. Eagles went up 14-7. There was the big turnover right before half. And then things kind of spiraled out of control. But Jalen didn't miss some opportunities in that game. And the Eagles, you know, offense wasn't nearly as dominant in the first half. And Jalen might have to do more in this game. And when we get back, I did want to talk about that a, a bit. And what Jalen Hurts can do for his legacy if he wins this game and where he would rank uh, as far as Eagles quarterbacks go, because I think it's a pretty interesting conversation to have. 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494, Gordon, Sandy, we'll get you when we get back. I'm Tom Kelly, with you till 9, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. And um, as we lead up to the Super Bowl here, uh, this is, uh, you know, a a pretty, I think, interesting storyline when you look at the quarterbacks and you look at Jalen Hurts. And what Jalen Hurts could potentially accomplish um Next weekend is something we haven't really seen. Uh, we've never seen an Eagles quarterback accomplish, certainly at this young of an age. And I, I want to bring you in here, Francisco, because you had kind of thrown this topic out to me before the show here. But when you look at Jalen Hurts, you know, and, and you look at his legacy, where Jalen Hurts would rank in terms of Eagles franchise quarterbacks if the Eagles were to win this game, and if you want to get in 215-592-9494, 215-592-9494. But uh, when I look at Jalen Hurts, and if Jalen Hurts can win this game on Sunday, I think he becomes you know, the best quarterback in the history of this franchise. I really do. When you look at the accomplishment, when you look at you know the youth and the fact that 
look at the, the guys he's up against here, and this is a franchise that honestly hasn't had a ton of great quarterbacks. I personally would say the best quarterback in the, the history of the Philadelphia Eagles, Donovan McNabb. I know Donovan didn't win a Super Bowl, um, but clearly uh, had a, a tremendous career here. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl, but Nick Foles, I mean, was not, you know, a, I don't think you would look at as historically – Certainly not not a great quarterback, and and in Philadelphia, a, a folk hero, a legend in in this city. But I don't think you know you look at him and you put him on that list ahead of Jalen Hurts. But with J with what Jalen Hurts came into, with he could with what he could accomplish here, I think he ascends to number one all time in Eagles quarterback history if he wins this game. And if you want to get in 215-592-9494, uh but yeah, I think it's really interesting when you look at that uh at that at that conversation and where he would rank if he wins this game. I think considering how much he'd accomplish at such a young age, considering, you know, the fact that it would be a championship, this guy is a starting quarterback. Uh, for this team, I, I think that's that that's a big factor. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Francisco, I'll ask you. You had thrown that out to me uh, before the show here. Where do you think Jalen Hurts ranks as far as Eagles quarterbacks if the Eagles win this game? Well, definitely ahead of Nick Foles, um, and I love Nick Foles to death. I think he's the greatest closer in Eagles history. He's like the Mariano Rivera of the Eagles. So Nick Foles, it's a different type of category. Um, because I I do I do think longevity and resumes uh you know are a big deal. So like I mean for me it's like Donovan Randall. <sighs> I mean but I mean what Jalen this would be his second full year with the Birds, right? Mm-hmm. Jalen. I mean you got to put him in the top five. I guess. Yeah, I think I he's mean, number. I think he's number one. I think Jalen would be number one. If Jalen Hurts wins this game, if he wins a Super Bowl, yeah, I think number he's, one. I think he's the best quarterback in Eagles history. If over he two wins this years? game, yes, over two years. If if he wins a Super Bowl, I mean, and it would be obviously second Super Bowl in the history of the franchise. He's clearly above Nick Foles. I don't think this is something that's going to fall off here. Like, I don't think this is going to be a Carson Wentz situation. As much as I love Donovan, you know, Donovan Donovan didn't win one. I, I think Jalen Hurts would become the number one quarterback ever. Okay, but what if he does fall? Like, I, I hope I don't think Jalen will fall off. Let's just say. Well, what if he? What if he's like mediocre the next five years after the Super Bowl? What if he is? I'm just saying. I mean, Carson. Did, I mean, what happened after the? This, I know it was different with the injuries, but I mean, Carson hasn't been the same since then. Yeah, we were all saying dynasty after the Eagles won, and maybe that's the leap of faith that I'm I'm being willing to take here. But I believe Jalen Hurts ascends to the best quarterback in Eagles history if the Eagles win this game. No Eagles team's ever had a season like this that has uh, resulted in a Super Bowl. I think he would ascend right to the top of that list. I'd love to get your take on it. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Gordon. What's up, Gordon? Hi. How are you doing, Tom? Good. How are you? I'm well. So I've been listening to the chat. and uh, Listen, I think the Eagles are going to win this game, not because of Jalen so much, but because of the two people on the offensive line that have been there before. You got Lane, you got her center. They're going to calm down that offensive line. And then on the defensive side, you got Graham. And he's going to tell those guys, you know, everybody talks about experience, experience. We do have five players that were on our last Super Bowl. 
So I'm pretty confident, which then brings me to the question I wanted to pose. What would hurt more, losing this Super Bowl or the 2004 Super Bowl? For me, I'd be furious if we lose this. Uh, totally disappointed if we lose this game compared to losing in 2004. Well, that's an interesting question, Gordon. I mean, I think – you know, I think when we look at those teams, like I said earlier, I think this team is is better. And in that sense, it will be very frustrating if the Eagles lost. But I think it would hurt. I think 2004 would hurt more just because, again, to the point of our, we were discussing earlier, we hadn't won it at that point. You know, the Eagles hadn't won a Super Bowl. Not that it wouldn't hurt, but I think the fact that the Eagles do have a championship would lessen the blow a, a little bit. No, and I I see your point there, but nobody really expected them to win that game in 2004. And 2000, that's what made 2017, 2018 so special. They were the underdogs. I mean, there was nothing to replace that because the first thing that happened was I just broke down in tears, and then I heard my neighbors outside celebrating, so I went out and joined them. I mean, it, nothing. They win this Super Bowl – by double digits uh, i'll be happy i'll be like yes we got two but nothing ever will beat 2017 2018 for me personally and i still think the experience on that offensive line especially and then graham on the other side telling these guys listen this is what to expect you know with media day and everything like that because i'm sure some of these young players are going to feel like deers and in, in headlights but I'm pretty confident this team, this is the best team I can ever recall, and I'm 58 years old. I can't think of any team from top to bottom that has been as good as what this current team is. No, there, there's no doubt about it, Gordon, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, yeah, I mean, I think when you look at, when you, when you look at it, this is probably the best roster in Eagles history. I think it is. I mean, and and – uh, they've done it obviously a, a lot of a lot of different ways, but I think when you look at it and you compare it to 04, and that was the question a uh, last caller had, I think 04 would hurt worse just because we hadn't seen it. You know, we hadn't seen this team win a Super Bowl. Um, you know, I don't put a lot of uh, stock in the Eagles versus Andy thing, and and you know that this determines who wins the Eagles versus Andy situation. I just don't really look at it adversarial like that I still have a lot of respect for Andy Reid and and still think um you know he's responsible for a lot that's going on here with the Eagles but yeah I think I think this one would certainly hurt considering how great this team is and considering how well they have um performed this year but I think the 0-4-1 would hurt worse and and I don't agree that nobody thought the Eagles were going to win in 0-4 that was in large part a toss-up game going in. The Patriots, I think, were slightly favored, but that was a really good Eagles team as well. So I think 2004 would hurt worse than a loss would would feel on Sunday. Uh, let's go to Sandy in Havertown. What's up, Sandy? Hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Everybody. You're doing a great job. You know that? Well, thank you, Sandy. I appreciate yes, it. Yes. Well, why I'm calling this, I, my husband and I are an Eagle fans, and I'm so glad that we won in 2017 and – at the Super Bowl and all. What I don't understand is how the heck did the Redskins beat us and the Saints beat us? How the heck did they do? And our team is very good. So that's what I'm worried about Sunday. Well, Sandy, I think throughout the course of a season, I mean, teams have letdowns. And it's not just the Eagles. Like, every, every good team in the league, 
you know, typically has a letdown throughout the course of the year. The Chiefs have had him as well. I'm not too worried about that part of it. But what I'm saying, these two teams are terrible, the Saints and the Redskins. They're terrible, and here they beat us. That's what I can't understand. And we should never have had them to beat us. But then another thing I want to ask you, the people has Super Bowls, wins the Super Bowl, like 2018 – the Eagles won. How, how long is it going to take for them to get in this, get into the Hall of Fame? Because people are in the Hall of Fame never even won a freaking Super Bowl. Never yeah. won a ring. Never well, won nothing. And here they're in the Super Bowl. Can you ask well, me that question? Well, I hear you saying I appreciate the call. Well, what, what are we wait, not everybody who wins a Super Bowl goes in the Hall of Fame. I love what, the passion from Sandy, I got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, people players that don't win Super Bowls can go in the Hall of Fame. Not everybody wins a Super Bowl goes to the Hall of Fame. I mean... So, so wait, is Jalen Hurts a Hall of Famer to you now if he wins a Super Bowl? <laughs> no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Do you think McNabb's a Super Bowl. Hall of Famer? No, I don't think Donovan's really? a Hall of Famer. I don't. I think he is. No, I, I don't. Joe Nathan's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. McNabb should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I think as far as the other point in terms of, you know, teams have letdowns throughout the course of a year, and I don't worry that much about the loss to Washington or the loss of the Saints. I mean, it's hard to maintain that throughout the course of the year, uh, every single week. Uh, there's a reason why teams don't go undefeated. It's it's very, very difficult to do. And, yeah, the Eagles have had some some um, off weeks this year, but they've been few and far between. For the most part, they have dominated week in, week out. And the bottom line is, including the playoffs, uh, they've lost one game with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. Uh, I, I think that bodes pretty well going into next weekend against the Chiefs. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly uh, with you on a Sunday night. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Obviously talking a lot of Eagles uh, tonight. We will have uh, Adam Aarons and Sixers Adam coming on at 8.30 uh, to talk trade deadline. Now, the Sixers playing right now. The game I thought would be over by then, but they had to push it back for 20 minutes because of the stupid Pro Bowl uh, festivities. It's ridiculous. Uh, it is. But, uh, yeah, so the game got started a little late. But we'll we'll talk a little trade deadline with Adam uh, leading up to uh, the deadline later this week. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Obviously talking a lot about the Eagles tonight. And, you know, the overconfidence and whether people – whether you feel people are overconfident going into this game. Because I can't remember – Many times in which people were so, you know, felt so good about where this team is and uh, heading into a game where they're playing a legit opponent here. I mean, the Chiefs are are tremendous. Patrick Mahomes is incredible. Um, and, you know, Andy Reid is one of the best coaches to ever do it. Uh, so I want to get your take on whether you think there's an overconfidence heading into this game. I don't. I think it's warranted. I mean, this team has been the best team in football all year long. I think they have the best roster in football, um, especially up front. And that's where games are won so often in this league, up front in the trenches, the offensive and defensive line. Yet I feel like nationally there are still people who doubt the Eagles and, and um, you know, don't necessarily believe. And I think they got some more fuel to that fire this weekend. Here was 49ers wide receiver Brandon Ayuk on, you know, what he thought of, of the Eagles' performance against the Niners last week. 
And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, the Eagles beat the Niners, and clearly the game was made much easier once Brock Purdy was injured. But I don't think Brock Purdy was going to have a lot of success anyway. Um, it reminds me very much of what Al, what uh, Alvin Kamara said a few years ago in terms of the uh, of the Saints and how he believes they were the best team in football. Uh, you know, you didn't you didn't win. And the bottom line is the Eagles have dominated every team they have played this year, and they should be confident. And here was Jason Kelsey talking about, you know, uh, this team and, and where they stack up. I feel very confident with the guys we have on offense, the guys we have on defense, the guy we have at quarterback, the coaches we have. You know, if, if everybody uh, does their job, everybody sticks to what, what has got us successful and, and got us to this point, I feel very good against anybody we play. And while I think the fan base is really confident, I don't think it's unwarranted. Like, I don't think any of the any of the confidence, any of the, you know, excitement or exuberance that fans have around here, I don't think it's unwarranted. This team is that good. I mean, does it guarantee they're going to go out and win next week? Of course not. They got to go do it on the field. The Chiefs are a worthy opponent. And this, I don't think, will be an easy game by any means. Um, But I think the confidence has been earned here. I think the Eagles have shown over the course of this season that, you know, they, they deserve to be here. They are the best team in football. And uh, I think the confidence is is earned, and I want to get your take on it. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Do you think there's an overconfidence in the fan base right now? And why do you think that is? I think a big part of it, uh, and why people are so confident, is because of we've seen it before. We saw this team win in 2017. If you take that part of it away, I think it would be viewed very differently. Like I think it would be viewed um, a, a whole lot different had the Eagles not won in 2017. I think we would look at things differently. I think there would be kind of a feeling that you'd have a sort of a fear that things would fall apart here. But after we've seen it, after we've seen this team get to the mountain mountaintop, we've seen them accomplish the ultimate goal, I think it makes people feel, you know, a, a lot more comfortable. We've seen it happen. We know it can happen. Before 2017, it felt like something was was, you know, always going to go wrong. And now that we've seen that, you know, occur, I think the fan base just feels a lot better about the situation. And, and I think that's where a lot of this confidence comes from with this team. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. I'll ask you, Nick Earnshaw, now producing the show. Thank you to Francisco Rojas did the first two hours. Do you think the fan base is a little overconfident uh, right now considering, um, you know, the Chiefs are, are such a quality opponent? No, I, I really don't think so because I, this team, like you mentioned, has been the best team in football all season long. They've dominated opponents all year, especially when Jalen Hurts has been the starting quarterback. I, I mean, this is this is arguably the best defense in football. They have the best pass defense in football, and they've won in the trenches. That is how good they've been. They've had the best offensive line, most sacks in football, rivaled the 85 Bears. I mean, th- this is a team that has just been dominant, and there should there, they, the fan base should be confident in their team heading into this weekend because they just won two playoff games in, in that fashion. So, I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't think it's an overconfidence thing. I think they've been the best team in football, and they should be the favorite going in. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, they have shown it this year, and I think they've given the fan base a lot of confidence uh, that they can be trusted in this sort of situation. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494. Also, I threw this out earlier. Jalen Hurts, as the quarterback of this team, where does he rank as far as Eagles quarterbacks if the Eagles win this game? 
I think he shoots the number one on the list. And this comes from somebody who loves Donovan McNabb. I think Donovan McNabb is currently the best quarterback in Eagles history. I know he hasn't won a Super Bowl, um, and you know that that is part of his legacy as well. But I think with Jalen Hurts, with what he's done for this organization, and the way Jalen Hurts is part of what rescued this organization coming out of the Carson Wentz fiasco and the fact that he was drafted in the second round, this is so unexpected. If he wins a Super Bowl in his second four years as a starter, I think he ascends to number one. I do. I think he ascends to the top quarterback in the history of this franchise with a Super Bowl victory. We'd love to get your take on that as well. 215-592-9494. Let's go to Alex in North Philly. What's up, Alex? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. So I, I called today because I seen the – well, my brother showed me this Twitter thing going crazy this morning with the uh, Eagle, with the NFL being scripted and, and – like some NFL player posted up a script of the game of the Super Bowl between the Eagles and the, and the, and the Chiefs, and the outcome was that we were we were gonna win by three. It was 34-37, and um, like my brother's like, bro, like you gotta you gotta look into this. And now that it's been put out, I feel like they're gonna switch it up and try to make the Chiefs win. And it's like been uh, on my mind all day. Alex, I went down Alex, to the Alex, city. Come on, man. Are you 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 seriously think that that this is scripted and laid I, out? I, I, I guess it's like I guess it's like anything just to throw us off. I guess you know, but I, I went down Center City today and sent the sent the team off. You know what I mean? Well, why, well, Alex, why are you going to send them off? I mean, if it's predetermined anyway, what's the difference? No, no, I, I'm just saying. You know, it, I, I went down there because they were they were leaving today. They were right. going down to Arizona today, so I was just going down there to show you know respect and everything and try to clear my mind about this whole script because it's been on my mind all day. You know what I mean? It's like. It's not that I like believe in it, like that it's gonna happen. But it's been messing with my head, and I wanted to get you guys take on it. Right. If you guys heard about it, if you seen it, how'd you how'd you guys feel about it? Yeah, no, Alex, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the call. And I'll just okay, I'll play. I'll give my take on this in a second. But this is something that started a few days ago, and this was Arian Foster on the uh, I think it's called Macro Dosing podcast that he does with PFT commenter of Barstool Sports. And um, they were talking, I believe facetiously, but we'll we'll talk about it in a second, about the NFL and being rigged. And here was a PFT commenter and Aaron Foster talking about this the other day. So, okay. And this started a whole thing of memes and jokes and people writing fake scripts and talking about, you know, the NFL being scripted. I don't know. And Nick, I'll get your take on this. I don't think Arian Foster was being 100% serious there. Oh, not one bit. It was a joke. Like, you could tell he was joking around. It, like, if you can't tell humor uh, like that, I, I don't know. I don't know. You might have a little bit of a, of a problem. But, no, he wasn't serious whatsoever. I, I think it's pretty funny, to be honest. I thought it was a pretty good bit, and, I, you know, I thought it was funny. I don't know how you could take that seriously. Yeah, it, it, it's true. And, and I'm not talking about our last caller because I don't think he understood the, the nature of, like, where this situation uh, evolved from. But, like, this is what makes me question the, like, intelligence of our nation. Because, like, I, 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 look, I saw that clip initially, and I looked at the comments under it. There were people legitimately taking that seriously. Oh, people believe it's real. Uh, oh, there I... were people who thought Arian Foster was being 100% genuine in that clip, thought it was totally real, thought it was, uh, you know, this is an admission. I mean, the NFL's rigged. If you think that was serious, you're you're an idiot. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be rude, 
I think it's fair. But, yeah, I, I think mean, it's fair. I mean, you you can tell he's not being serious. You could tell it was a joke, and, and he kind of said it in a humorous fashion. So uh, yeah, I, I it wasn't he wasn't being like serious on a real note. Like you could tell it in his voice, like just the way he said it. Like oh yeah yeah we practice the the script in, in practice. You know that that's what we practice. But you know what I mean? Like no, it, it was totally unserious. It was a joke, and, and that's kind of what they, they do. That's what PFT commenter does. I mean they kind of do some funny stuff like that, and. and that now everyone kind of bought into it, and the memes have just gone crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's but but rest assured, it's not real. It's not scripted. Uh, whoever wins next week, it's going to be a real game. They're not actors out there uh, just uh, performing a script. I can guarantee you that. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. Let's go to Rob in North Philly. What's up, Rob? Hey, what's up, man? I was just listening to Alex's question, and it made me laugh a little bit. I mean, unless uh, Vince McMahon is running the NFL and. <laughs> that hit on Purdy last week was scripted. I don't, you know. Yeah, Rob. That I mean, now. that game. That game should be example number one of like why the NFL is not scripted. Do you think they want Josh Johnson coming into an NFC Championship game? I don't think so. Hell no, no man. But uh, I just wanted to say I'm really proud of the Eagles this year. I mean, they, they killed it. Nick Sirianni. I hear he's been in Indianapolis. He's been uh, with the Chiefs. He's been everywhere. But he's such a Philly guy. Like, his whole attitude, the way he goes at the game, his responses, what he's doing on the sidelines, I love the way that he's coaching these guys. I really do. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been tremendous this year, Rob. And, and how are you feeling about this game going into next week? Oh, man, I feel extra confident. You know, I'm a diehard Eagles fan from the Buddy Ryan era. You know, so, of course, I believe in the birds. always have and always will. Um, I think that Hurts is a, a rare breed. I, I just love what he does, his mobility, his intelligence. On the field, man, like the way he thinks through those plays. Um, I'm expecting Reddick to get a good hit on uh, Mahomes. I think his foot, ankle, whatever is going to flare up again. I think we're going to see him limping around and running for his life <laughs> like we have in past, uh, in past Super Bowls. I'm looking forward to it. I'm getting amped. Yeah, I, I hear you, Rob, and I, I appreciate the call, man. Thanks. And, yeah, I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes' injury status is going to be – Something obviously to monitor here, and I think it's it's a big deal for him to get this extra week. There's no doubt about it. I mean, Mahomes getting that extra week, being able to, um, you know, get another week of rehab and rest for that ankle, is is a big deal. Um, but in the end, I don't know how much it's going to matter. Like, if the Chiefs can't block the Eagles up front. I think Mahomes is going to have a really difficult day uh, trying to do anything against this defense. And the game that keeps coming to mind is the Bucks game from two years ago when the Eagles dominated up or the Bucks dominated up front. You know, the, the Chiefs couldn't block them, couldn't block them. And it was a it, it was a massive, massive factor uh, in that game. So uh, Mahomes' escapability is going to be big um, and he's going to need to buy time because uh, those receivers, I don't think, are going to be able to get much separation going up against James Bradbury. Going up against Darius Slay, I think it's going to be really difficult for them to, you know, uh, get open without Mahomes buying time, um, and that's going to be a huge key. It's the Eagles, when they get pressure, they cannot let him escape the pocket. They're going to need to get him down, um, and if they do that, uh, I think this could be a pretty good day for this Eagle defense. Let's go to Andre in West Oak Lane. What's up, Andre? Hey, DK. How you doing? Good. How are you? I the, the reason the fans are so confident is because Jalen exudes that confidence. 
the defense, the offense, they just exude so much confidence. And they've earned their way to this point. I don't see how Mahomes is going to be able to escape Riddick and Hargrave coming at him from both sides, from the right and the left. He's not going to be able to get away. Yeah, and that's going to be that's going to be the key, Andre. And this is this is an interesting spot for Andy Reid to be in because I, I, you know, as much as we know Andy loves to throw the football, I think this is a situation where the Chiefs to try to keep that Eagles pass rush on their heels a little bit. You know, I think the Chiefs running the ball, running screen plays, stuff like that, could be something they could use this week. They're going to need to run. That's going to be their only hope. But our defense can stop that too. We've done that. With all the best running back. Yeah, I mean, this defense has been tremendous, Andre, and I appreciate the call. I mean, the defense has been great all year, and this is really the question now is can they do it against the top quarterback? And it's crazy. It's crazy that we're at this point, and we still don't have an answer to that question. Like, the Eagles, again, it's beyond their level of control. But you look at the level of play this year, and I do think – I at least understand this part of it. Like, I'm confident. I am not buying into the the idea that the Eagles haven't played anybody. But you can't deny the fact that the Eagles in the NFC have not played anywhere near the level of competition that the Chiefs have played in the AFC. Like, the Eagles have not played many top-notch quarterbacks. They played Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers had a pretty nice night. They played Dak in the game on Christmas Eve in Dallas. Dak had a good game. Um, you look at... Kansas City, they played the Bills. You know, they played the Bengals twice. They've gone up against the Chargers twice. It's it's a different sort of situation uh, with the Eagles compared to the Chiefs here, and um, it's 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 not often that you go and you get to this point without having to see top notch quarterbacks. But the Eagles, even in the playoffs, you face Daniel Jones, you face Josh Johnson. We haven't seen it, but I don't think that means the Eagles can't have success against a good quarterback, and we'll see if they can next week. Uh, let's go to John and Maniunk. What's up, John? Yo, man, great show, man. Um, I'm actually just coming back from the Temple game right now. Uh, uh, tough, to... tough loss. It looked like they were in it for a while there, John. Yeah, they were actually – the first half they were winning, and then uh, Houston came out 13 over on them. The it would have been, would have been huge for their tournament hopes, too, to win. Oh, that. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, I wanted to call in. I'm even Joe Conspiracy, okay? But, like, the first, anyone who seriously and actually believes that the, 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 the NFL is rigged with a script like that is an embarrassment to our ancestors. I'll just throw that out there. Uh, last year at the Super Bowl, you want to give me that maybe the ref had a little money on the Rams? Uh, that last P.I. call that gave Stafford a first and goal in the one was a little shoddy, but yeah. that's about as far as you could go uh, to, to control a line of it. I'll you know? say this, John. Like, I hate blaming the refs and stuff like that, but if any team has a case over the last 20 or the past 12 months of, you know, kind of getting screwed, it's the Bengals. They've been on the wrong yeah, end tough. of some really tough calls. I, I agree. I agree. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was ridiculous. I think Foster, like you said, I think he was he was obviously kidding. But um, whatever. I want to move on uh, real quick though. I just one observation I made that I thought was interesting was that when Doug P first came here, and you remember there was a little bit of a uh, I won't say controversy, but you know, remember he he couldn't he, he didn't know how to work the headset. Remember, so he was an idiot. He didn't know what he was doing. What, what, a, what a goofball coach ended up winning the Super Bowl within a couple of years here. And if you remember when Sirianni first started, I mean, his first interview was like. 
reminded you of the kid who had to do the book report in front of the class but didn't really read the book. Right. You know, he was just, like, all over the place. But now, I mean, you see him now in these interviews, especially with Angelo the other day. Like, he's cool and calm, man. They, I feel like he feels it, and this team, like, almost like the last caller, they're riding a confidence train, and it's going to be very difficult for, I think, for the Chiefs to match. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I, was, I, I think it could be an old – I think it truly is an all-time uh, Eagles team. And I think we're overlooking it just because we won the Super Bowl five years ago. But if we hadn't, I think we'd be a lot more even excited than we are now. Yeah, no doubt about it, John. And uh, I appreciate the call. And that, that's – I'm just trying to think about how big would this feel? Like, and not that it – like, it's a Super Bowl. It always feels big. But – and, Nick, I'll get your take on this. Nick Earnshaw, you know, your younger guy. Um, how does it feel for you compared to 2017? Like, like is, it, is it a big difference or is it, you know, pretty much the same to you? It's different. Uh, I, I think because it was the first time they won in 17, I mean, that, that'll always just have a special feeling to it and the magic that that run had, having the backup quarterback win, having Tom Brady and Bill Belichick go down. I mean, just, just the way everything unfolded in that season was kind of special. And it, it, it reminds you of the feeling you had this year with the Phillies a little bit. It was kind of like that first-time feeling again. And we hadn't had Phillies baseball go go pretty far into the World Series uh, for a long time. That's kind of what you felt like with the Eagles season a little bit in 17. Like, you had that magic. You had that feeling. This year, I mean, it's like it's almost expected. Like, you're still excited. You're going to be oh, – like, I'm going to be very, very excited if they do win. And I, I can't wait. I'm pumped. But – there's just a little bit of a difference from that first time feeling. Like, there's always going to be that difference. Like, I think it was just more, it was a little more exciting. I hate to put it that way, but it was a little more exciting just because of the way everything unfolded that first time around. Yeah, no no doubt about it. And, you know, I think, obviously, if the Eagles win next week, it's going to be it's going to be extremely exciting. It's be a party. I'm just thinking about, imagine if they hadn't won that Super Bowl. And, you're, and we have all that pressure. Of you know the at this point it would be sixty two year Eagles drought, and you'd be going up against Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. Like, not to not not that this isn't big, but that would have just been enormous. I feel like people would not be as confident if that were the case. If they didn't win in seventeen, didn't have a Super Bowl, people would be on edge and have butterflies in their stomach from the time the clock hits zero in the NFC Championship. Without a doubt, and that's something we were talking about earlier. And I, you're feeling that as well. I mean, I'm feeling it like. Personally, I can tell you, if the Eagles hadn't won in 2017, I would be terrified next week. I would oh, be yeah. terrified of this game. But I think the Eagles winning a Super Bowl has fundamentally changed the mindset of people in this town. And I don't think it's just with the Eagles. I think it does go to the Phillies as well. Like, they didn't end up winning the World Series, but I'll tell you what, going into that series, I thought the Phillies were going to win. Like, going into the, the NLCS, I thought they were going to win. I think the Eagles winning that Super Bowl fundamentally changed the mindset of people in this town. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree because, I mean, it was the first time. The first time for anything like like that, I mean, it's going to be the best every single time. You're always going to remember the first. And, you know, with this Eagles team, they've just been so dominant all year. It's been like, yeah, they should be there. They've been the best team. Why shouldn't they win? Why couldn't they win on Sunday? So I, I really do think, like, there, there's just a difference. The domination of this team that they, they've been so good 
all year long. They've been the best. Not to say that 17 team wasn't the best team all year because they were. They had the best record, but they, they lost their starting quarterback. They lost their MVP. They had to do it with the backup and were the underdog in every game in the playoffs. So it, it's just a totally different feeling, a totally different kind of mindset, I feel like, heading into this game. I really do. I think that's I think that's just how, how it, it's been this year. Yeah, no doubt, and I totally agree with that. 215-592-9494. Let's go to uh, Deepak in uh, Newtown Square. What's up, Deepak? DK, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. Uh, is this the conspiracy show on WIP? Yeah, we throw throw out your best conspiracy <laughs> theories. Ooh, maybe we'll do that. I'm, maybe we'll do that on my show tomorrow night. Best conspiracy. Yeah, the final theory. hours, right? Yeah. Uh, who knows? Uh, but no, I, I've been I've been listening obviously all week here and there and and, and watching and, and focusing on everything. And I actually asked Rob earlier today uh, this question where. I'm finally being confident. Uh, I've always been kind of that cautious, optimistic. Uh, my friend from, from North Carolina, he's like, you're, you're not a real fan. I'm like, no, 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 no. I've been through enough heartbreak that I know not to put all my eggs in one basket. Um, but looking at this game, you know, obviously, yes, we have a lot of strength along all of our roster, right, compared to the Chiefs. Um, but one thing that I asked Rob today that stuck out to me was, you know, I think regardless if Purdy had gotten hurt last weekend or not, they weren't throwing the ball as much, right? McCaffrey was there. Debo can do routes, any of those. And so Kittle was kind of neutralized. What do you find to be the one big concern with Travis Kelsey? Understanding that the Chiefs have a lot of receivers banged up, out, whatever it may be, you know, is Kaiser White now going to be a primary focus? I haven't heard his name talked about as much this week. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, you know, we also saw towards the end of the Chiefs game last weekend, uh, not only was Mahomes limping around a little bit, but so was Pacheco. And I think obviously having a week will allow them to get healthier. So I worry about that run attack because, of course, Mahomes can do a lot of different things with his arms, with his legs. But I want to know more about do we have – any concern uh, about, you know, I, I feel like Kazir White's going to be the one on Travis Kelsey until he gets into the secondary. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I, I hear you, Deepak. I appreciate the call. I, I don't think it's going to be Kaiser White. I think, and this is where I think the health of Avante Maddox is huge. Like, he's dealing with the foot issue. I did think it was concerning that he's back in a boot. Uh, you know, they said it was it was maintenance. They said it was precautionary. But I don't know. I, I don't think it's great that he's in a boot of practice. But I think it's going to be Avante Maddox. It's going to be C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Like, they're the guys I'm putting on Travis Kelsey. And I think defensively the game plan's pretty easy here. Like, for for as good as Mahomes is, the outside receivers aren't great. Like, Tyree Kill not being there is a big deal. I think that could hurt the Chiefs this week. Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I think you – I'd feel confident in just leaving Bradbury and Slay out there one-on-one against those guys. You trust them to take them away. And then I'm doubling Kelsey with 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 Avante Maddox and CJ Gardner Johnson. That's what you got to do. And then as far as the backs, I think the backs out of the backfield. That's where the linebackers you'd hope don't get exposed uh, much. But these Chiefs position players, they're not that good. And I think the Eagles defense should should have a, an okay co- time defending them. Kelsey's really the only one that scares you. Yeah, and you know they probably aren't going to have Mecole Hardman either. He's kind of their deep threat, you know, mm-hmm. kind of replacing Tyree Kill a little bit this season, but he's been hurt for most of the season. So, and it doesn't look like he's going to play in the Super Bowl. Maybe he will. I don't know. But I, I, I think it is going to be a safety on 
or a corner like Maddox, like Gardner Johnson on Kelsey. Because I don't know if you can just put a linebacker on Travis Kelsey and think you're going to go out there and win. It's just not going to happen. So I, I think you, I think you're going to see a lot of physicality from Gardner Johnson. Maybe switch Maddox onto him. But I like the Gardner Johnson and uh, and Kelsey matchup because you're going to get some physicality there. Yeah, I mean, no, no doubt, no doubt about that. You're going to need to be physical with Kelsey, and uh, I think putting one of those guys on him is a, is a big deal. Maddox Gardner Johnson, two one five five nine two nine four nine four. When we get back, uh, Adam Aronson, Sixers Adam, will join us talk about the NBA trade deadline coming up in just a few days. It's really sneaking up on you and going under the radar, but we'll talk to Adam in a few minutes here. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a Sunday night. Coming up at 9 o'clock, Ricky Ricardo. We'll turn things over to Rick in the next segment here. Uh, but I did want to give you an NBA trade deadline update. Obviously, a lot of Eagles talk uh, tonight with the Super Bowl coming up next week. But trade deadline flying very much under the radar uh, this week. Adam Aronson joins us now. You can find him at Sixers Adam on Twitter. Sixers beat writer writes to RickySanchez.com. Uh, and Adam, thanks for thanks for hopping on as the Sixers in action in New York. Trade deadline a, a little less anticipated, I'd say, than last year this time, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, they spent all of last season up until the trade deadline with everybody asking what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. And then eventually James Harden got upset where he was, and that turned into a whole massive story. Uh, but, yeah, there's not there's not going to be a big move coming. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they add a player or two who can help, but I would not get my hopes up for anything even close to as exciting as last year. All right, yeah, much, obviously a much different feel than last year at this time, and and uh, well, you know we'll talk about a lot of it here. But Adam, as as they head toward the trade deadline, where do you think the Sixers need to improve the most? I mean, they're able to get Maxi back. Uh, the starting lineup looks like it's in in, in decent shape. But what do you think should be Daryl Morey's top priority here as they head toward the deadline? Uh, stop me if you've heard this before, but I think the Sixers' biggest need right now is someone who can give them reliable backup center minutes. Uh, you know, the Sixers hope going into the year that either Paul Reed or Charles Bassey or Montrezl Harrell would separate themselves, and, and Charles Bassey is no longer here. Reed, is, I, you know, I still think has a chance of being a good backup center, but has been very up and down and has not shown as much improvement as they'd want. And despite Doc Rivers trusting him, Montrezl Harrell has been mostly a disaster, especially defensively. Um, and so they just find themselves in this spot again somehow where they don't know how they're going to get through, let's say, a big playoff game, Joel Embiid plays 40 minutes. That's a lot. And they have no idea how they're going to get through those other eight minutes. And we're seeing that right now as we speak. They've been getting completely destroyed by the Knicks right now when Embiid has been off the floor. Um, so I think somebody, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, a six-man-of-the-year candidate. It doesn't have to be someone who is thought of as a starter. It just has to be someone who's competent. And I, and I know that that sounds easy, but I think as the Sixers have shown us for several years now, that it's so – it is not nearly that simple. Yeah, Adam, and it is really frustrating because it is – Every year, I mean, you go back and you remember the the Raptors series in in nineteen with Greg Monroe, and you know Dwight Howard uh, really lets you down late in that Atlanta series. Why has this position that seems you know relatively easy to fill? Why has this eluded the Sixers for so long finding a competent backup center? I, I wish I could tell you. Um, 
it, it really is nonsensical when you think about it. And, and you can look around the league and you see lots of teams who can pretty easily produce guys who are quality backup centers. Um, I think to be fair to guys like Monroe and, and Dwight Howard, um, they were playing on a team that also had Ben Simmons, and obviously Ben was a terrific player while he was here. But his shooting limitations make it even harder for a traditional big man to be competent because if Ben Simmons is your point guard, you can't have Dwight Howard you know, sitting in a dunker spot and then your spacing is all messed up. Um, so, but, but beyond that, I mean, here we are with another year where they have one of the best pick-and-roll ball handlers of all time in James Harden, who they also got at the deadline last year. Uh, and they haven't figured it out. And when you, it's just so hard when you, when you think about all of the massive moves that they've made over the last few years, many of them successful, and they're now in a much better position than they were when Daryl Morey took over. Um, they just still cannot figure this thing out. This one thing is just, is just constantly eating at them ever since they had to include Andre Drummond. Uh, in in that Ben Simmons for James Harden deal. Yeah, and and Adam, I actually wanted to ask you specifically about Drummond here because he's on the Bulls right now. They're currently sitting in the ninth spot in the Eastern Conference. As you mentioned, he is one of the backup centers that they've had that did give them competent minutes. Is there any chance he might be on the market to possibly acquire, and if not Drummond, who are some other other names that you're looking at uh, that they could pursue? Yeah, so Drummond Drummond is the most obvious candidate partly because he was here last year and, and was very well liked by the fans, the players, the coach, and the front office. Uh, they all developed really good relationships with Drummond. Obviously, we know what he brings. He's, you know, one of the best rebounders ever statistically. Uh, he occasionally can, you know, drop some impressive nifty passes, uh, and, he can, and he can catch lobs. And, and part of the, you know, the downside of using him in that Harden trade was that Drummond is like the perfect big man to play with someone like James Harden. He can screen, he can roll to the rim, he can catch lobs, and he can block shots. And that's really what you need, and they haven't had anybody. You know, they, they, they thought in theory that DeAndre Jordan could do that last year when they signed him off the buyout market, but that was a disaster the same way that Harrell has been. Um, so, you know, it's hard to say if the Bulls are going to buy or sell, but like you said, I think they're still sitting like a little below 500. And Drummond is not exactly like an integral part of their team. He's, he plays about 13 minutes a game. So it's not, it's, and they have Nikola Vucevic already starting there. So it's not as if, you know, they're in a desperate spot where they need to keep Andre Drummond. So I think it's conceivable, um, but I'm not sure I count on it just because who knows what the Bulls are going to do. They generally try to win in the short term, and so they may not want to sell. But as far as other options, there's one that, that stands out to me and, and has stood out to me basically since the start of the season when, you know, I start kind of monitoring who these options are going to be. Um, and it's not a traditional center. Uh, so this is Jared Vanderbilt uh, of the Utah Jazz. Um, he is, he's six foot nine. He is an outstanding athlete. Uh, he can guard on the perimeter and in the paint. Uh, he's certainly undersized for a center, but can last there certainly a lot longer than someone like Montrose Harrow or even Paul Reed at this point. Um, he's not a shooter. That's really the, that's, that's the catch. Um, but the defense is terrific. He's become a really good passer uh, and can score at the rim. Um, Jake Fisher from, from Yahoo Sports reported a few days ago that they have interest in him, and, and it makes a ton of sense because really besides, besides the backup center spot, the one rotation spot I would say that could be upgraded is 
this wing rotation spot that is seemingly being juggled back and forth between Matisse Thibault and Daniel House, neither of which have been able to just, like, take that role and run with it. Uh, they've basically been trading places all season. So the, the cool thing with Vanderbilt would be that he could potentially fit the backup center role as an upgrade from Harrow and Reed, but can also be an upgrade over Thibault and House. And all of a sudden you would then, you know, if it works out and, and Vanderbilt is, you know, playing quite a few minutes, you, it's almost like you have seven guys who are playing roughly starters minutes between the five normal starters, Vanderbilt, and Tyrese Maxey. Yeah. Um, and, the, and the cherry on top of it all is that uh, Vanderbilt is on a very team-friendly contract, and he's under contract next year for only, I believe, $4.3 million, roughly, uh, which is not very much at all. Uh, and he's only 23 years old. Yeah, and that, um, and that would be interesting, Adam, no, no doubt about it, bringing in a guy like Vanderbilt who could play uh, different roles. And, and I wanted to ask you about another guy you kind of mentioned in there, uh, Matisse Thibel, who who we had high hopes for when he was drafted here, kind of just has become a disappointment in terms of not really improving his offensive uh, game. What are the chances that you think Thibel is, is not a sixer uh, after the trade deadline this week? I think there is a very real chance of this, and and – I wrote a couple of weeks ago at rightsericysanchez.com about what basically what assets do the Sixers actually have that they can offer these teams when they identify who their targets are. Um, and their biggest challenge is going to be topping other people's offers because they just don't have a lot of assets. Uh, I, almost all of their future first-round picks are tied up with other deals that they've made. Uh, even with him being disappointing the last month or so, I don't think Tyrese Maxey is going to be available unless there's a superstar-type guy available. Um, when it comes down to it, they really only have two, like, two assets that like, definitely have some value around the league. Um, one of them is they have the Hornets' second-round pick, which is going to be probably 33 or 34 in the draft. So like, effectively a late first-round pick that teams will value. Uh, the Hornets have had a brutal year. But the other one is Seibel. Uh, Seibel is going to be a restricted free agent this upcoming offseason. He clearly has, is just not the right fit in Philly, given the, the makeup of the roster. Uh, and he's someone that a lot of teams will probably sell themselves on. Uh, lot, lots of teams like to take on, you know, a project or a work in progress where they think, oh, this team doesn't know what they're doing. We know how to unlock this guy's potential. And I think Seibel is a classic example of someone that other teams will look at and say, oh, well, if we can fix his jump shot then all of a sudden, you know, he's one of the better 3 and D players in the league. And whether that's possible is, is its own discussion. Um, but just because of, you know, the fact that they don't really have any other picks to trade, and I can't imagine anybody is interested in someone like Jaden Springer, given he's in his second year in the NBA and has never played like a genuine rotation minute and is still, you know, going back and forth between the, the you know, the big team and the G League team. Uh, it, it just puts them in a spot where – I feel like if they're doing, if they're adding any sort of legitimate contributor, Thibault almost has to be involved. Um, and you're right, you know, it's back when he was in his rookie rookie year and he was one of the best defenders in the league. Immediately made an All Defense team. You would have never thought that he would be someone that eventually they're they're attempting to you know dangle to get a a much more youthful wing on, off their bench, but. You know, as much as they've tried, the the offense, not just the shooting, but just the offense entirely has just not improved enough where, you know, at least I am I am not remotely convinced that 
there's going to be some switch that flips and all of a sudden he's playable in the playoffs again when he really wasn't last year. Right. And, and yeah, I mean, I think back to even last year, Adam, and the talks with the Ben Simmons trade and one of the one of the pieces people wanted to hold on to was Thibel, but unfortunately that offensive game has never really come around. Adam Aronson joining us now at Sixers. Adam on Twitter, Sixers beat writer, writes to RickySanchez.com, also a contributor here at Sports Radio 94 WIP. And Adam, um, did want to ask you about a league-wide issue. Obviously, big trade made today. Kyrie Irving sent to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, how do you see this move working out for both teams, and and how big of a failure is this Brooklyn uh, experiment considering, you know, James Harden's gone, Kyrie's gone, and and how do you see things working out for Kevin Durant this week? Do you think Kevin Durant is traded this week? Yeah, I, I would be surprised if Durant is traded this week. I think um, – I think – I would not be surprised if you told me he gets moved this upcoming offseason, but I, I – it's just such a complex deal to put together with a guy of that magnitude. I just don't think that, you know, they're going to be able to put a deal like that together in the next, you know, three or four days, even if Durant wanted to leave. Um, and yeah, I mean, I mean, totally epic disaster in Brooklyn. Uh, I mean, they've had, you know, three future hall of famers request trades from their team in the last 13 months. Um, and, you know, Harden is no longer there and instead it's been Simmons who has, had a brutal season relative to his performance in Philadelphia. Um, there, and he's missed a ton of time. And it seems like there's a lot of frustration growing with the team and with the fans in Brooklyn who are kind of going through the Ben Simmons experience that people here did, but on a little more of an accelerated timeline. Um, and, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney Smith, the two pieces they got back from Dallas are both good players and they'll both help the net. But I, I think, that it, you know, as, as whatever you want to say about Kyrie, and you could say a lot of things about Kyrie, he is a terrific basketball player. He's one of the best scorers I've ever seen, uber efficient, one of the best finishers I've ever seen, makes tough shots. He does it all on the offensive end. Um, and while Dinwiddie is a nice player and, and a good scorer and Finney Smith is a good wing defender, I don't think that's going to make up for it. Um, I already thought the Nets were not quite in the title contender range, even with Durant playing, just because there are so many question marks there. And now there are even more question marks. Uh, not that Kyrie didn't present several issues on his own. Obviously, right. he did. Um, but, to, you know, 13 months ago, they had Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden all on the same team. Uh, and... By the end, at the end of this trade deadline, it's going to be just a rant with, you know, Ben Simmons and Spencer Dinwiddie, who they traded to replace with Kyrie a few years ago to begin with. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're still going to be a good team because they have Kevin Durant. Uh, and I think Jacques Vaughn is a really good coach. Um, but it's been, a, it's been an absolute disaster the last couple of years for them. It looked like they were going to be, you know, the next, perennial powerhouse with those three guys because there's just so much talent there uh and obviously it hasn't worked out and yeah i mean i mean not much else you can say other than you know what a disaster that that has turned into yeah i mean no doubt it, it's it's crazy it's it's crazy when you really look at it and it's going to be really interesting this week but uh adam aronson sick at sixers adam on twitter sixers beat writer writes ricky sanchez.com contributor here at 94 wip adam thanks for hopping on man and what can we expect uh this week with the trade deadline uh coming up 
Yeah, so we will have, at the right, Sergey Sanchez, we'll have quite a bit of trade deadline content. Um, I'm going to write something pretty long and comprehensive about what all their options are and, you know, dozens and dozens of players who they could theoretically trade for. Right now, the goal is for that to be up on Tuesday. Um, so, so, you know, bookmark rightsterickysanchez.com. Uh, it'll be my pin tweet when the story goes out at Sixers Adam, as you said. Um, not sure. Again, it's probably not going to be as eventful and exciting as it was last year. But they've probably got at least one move in them. So so we'll see what that is. Well, exciting. We'll see how it plays out this week. Adam, thanks for uh, hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. Yep, that's Sixers. Adam, Adam Aronson giving us the latest on the trade deadline. And uh, we'll monitor that this week in the midst of all the Super Bowl talk. 215-592-9494. When we get back, turn things over to the great Ricky Ricardo. He's got you for the next three hours. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly with you on a uh, Sunday. It is Sunday. Sunday night. Uh, wrapping up the show here. I'll be back tomorrow night from 10 to 2. Uh, switch with Jody this week. Uh, I'll be doing Monday. Jody will be doing Friday. So I'll talk to you tomorrow night at 10. Um, but now it is time for Ricky Ricardo. Ricky is with you from <laughs> 9 to 12 tonight. What's up, Ricky? How is it down there in Florida? It's been cold this weekend. Up How are you, Tommy? I'm doing all right. What I like that Tommy Kelly. It adds a little youth to you. you know <laughs> yeah, you were, you were talking about because uh, <laughs> I, I was on um, the Honorable Mention podcast a few weeks, and they were promoting me as Tommy Kelly. As Tommy and Kelly. And you got a real kick out of that. I did. I was I, 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 I wa- See, I've watched you turn gray, literally. <laughs> Why you do you got to do that? People can't see me on the radio, Ricky. Why do you got to tell them that? I got a I great watched beard. you turn gray, man. And only my, only my beard. Only yeah. my beard. My actual hair is still brown. So, okay, uh, you know, uh, oh, fair enough. The only people that call me Tommy, the only two people at WIP that call me Tommy, my mom and also Ray Dinger and Glenn Mack. Now they call me Tommy. Nobody well, else. Well, yeah. Me Tommy. Well, you know, they're kind of elder statesmen. Choose your words carefully, yeah, Ricky. Elder statesmen of the radio station. Hey, that's a that's a classy way to put it. You know? Yeah, that, no, that is classy. You're all classy. Now wait a minute. I tuned in tonight because there are several things going on, including the the Grammys, the Caribbean series in baseball, which is always fun, and the Sixers and Knicks. So. And although I have more than one screen, I get it, but the Sixers were winning by 20-something points early in this game, Tom. What what the heck happened? Well, the problem with the Sixers, Ricky, unfortunately, is the same problem they've had for five years, and that's when whenever Joel Embiid comes out of the game, mm-hmm. they just completely fall apart. I mean, just looking at this right now, they're a plus 21 tonight with Embiid on the floor. So you can just do the math. They're down nine right now. So, yeah, they're a minus 30 when Embiid's out of the game. Now, how did they lose to my favorite team on Monday night? I know they beat them on Wednesday. That was the, that was the a magic. Game. The magic went in there and beat them in Philadelphia. Yeah, they were all. I mean, I saw pictures of at least Embiid. I'm sure the majority of the team was at the NFC Championship game on Sunday. <laughs> so you can judge by yourself. I think they were maybe partying the NFC Championship a little bit. Uh, it was a schedule loss. That's how I felt. There you there go. There you go. As Doc Rivers, you're probably right about that. So, so how are you feeling, Rick? Because one of the things I've been asking, I, one of the things that's really struck me. This week is how confident the fan base is. I can't remember the last time this fan base was this confident going into such a big game. Yeah, it, it kind of it kind of it's kind of concerning. I don't know how you feel, Tom, but I think this game's a 
look, uh, do I think the Eagles are going to win? I do. But it, this is not going to be a cakewalk. This is n- in no way, shape, or form going to resemble, and I wish it would, but do I think it's going to resemble either the Giant win or the 49er win? Absolutely not. Andy Reid's going to have his team ready to go. And these two weeks for Mahomes to heal that, uh, that, that, that high ankle sprain, that's going to help a lot. Now, you know, both teams are going to go in pretty healthy. I mean, the, the, the Chiefs are going to have some receiver issues. You know, they're, they're going to be missing Hardman. They may be missing uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. I like what the Eagles did defensively against Kittle. But you know, my question is, can we, can we really measure what the Eagles did to George Kittle last, you know, against the Niners if he didn't have a, a quarterback to throw him the football? So, you know, even though they shut Kittle down, was it really shutting down Kittle? Or was it the fact that they didn't have anybody who could throw him the football to begin with? You yeah, I, mean? I, I think I think it's probably the latter. Now, the question is, would the Eagles have been able to have success if Brock Purdy had stayed in? And it's unfortunate, Rick. Like, it obviously made the game easier, but I wanted to see the Eagles in that kind of spot. And no, Brock Purdy's not one of the best quarterbacks in football, but he's at least shown to be competent. You know, when Josh Johnson came in that game, I mean, the, the game was over. And it was over, yeah. I do think it's it, it's crazy that we're at this point, this team's going to the Super Bowl, and we still – don't really know if they can shut down a, a top quarterback yet. Like the no, pro- they the best quarterbacks they have, they've faced this year, Rodgers and Dak, both had pretty good days against them. They have not been tested, and they have not been tested in a big game. I don't know how much you, you know stock you put into this whole thing about well, the Chiefs. This is their third Super Bowl in four years. They know how to go about it. You know, I guess there's something to that. Uh, to what extent, I really don't know. Uh, but like I said, the Eagles have not been tested. Really, the last time they had a game that they really had to turn it on a little bit, believe it or not, was the the giant game in Week 18 where they had to hold them off towards the end. But this team hasn't played a pressure, I mean a real-time pressure down a football since when? I mean, how far back do we have to go to remember an Eagle game where, you know, we we needed, is it uh, Indianapolis when Hertz runs into the end zone for the touchdown? I mean, when was the last time the Eagles had their backs against the wall? It's been, Rick, it's been so weird. I mean, it depends whether we count the Dallas game or the New Orleans game. But again, like you said, like you had wiggle room. Like if you lost those games, you could right. still clinch it that final week. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going back to, to late November. I mean, and, and that kind of, that kind of, kind of game in that late middle of the season then early in December you know the Eagles were were dominant in those games as well so it's crazy it's been such a weird season where it's been a great season Mm -hmm. but like I I was talking about this with Francisco Rojas the other night what are going to be the lasting moments you mean you mean cookie cookie Rojas right right what are going to be like the met like what are the memorable moments from this season I can't really really think of a ton of them no, and that kind of, and that to me, the biggest concern I have is that Andy Reid is going to keep this game tight. We know this. You know, they're not. Look, if they can blow out the Kansas City Chiefs in one of these situations where you know people start leaving the stadium in the fourth quarter, I'll welcome it. I will love to see it, but I doubt it's going to happen. But the Eagles have not been tested in a very, very long time. What if they get behind? How are they going to react if they get behind in the game? They've been playing with a lead for the last, you know, two months, basically. I'm not counting the two Minshew games. 
that was a completely different Eagle team. It really is. You know, the Eagles with, with Minshew on the field as compared to Jalen Hurts are night and day. So I'm not even going to count those two games. Uh, but, you know, the Eagles haven't played, you know, pressure football, back against the wall football, or have to play from behind in a situation. Last time they, they were behind, really, in a game where Hurts was playing, was against Washington, and they couldn't pull it out. So that concerns me a heck of a lot more than the overconfidence level. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, Rick. And, and uh, you know, we'll see how they stack up against the real opponent uh, next week. Certainly a worthy opponent in the Chiefs. But what do you have coming up on your show tonight? We'll discuss that. Uh, Ed Kratz, Sports Illustrated, uh, Eagle Maven, will join me at 10 o'clock. At 11, you know, Superbook Sports is, is our uh, fine sponsor of the Ricky Ricardo program. And we're going to have uh, Arthur DeCesar from Superbook is going to give us all the great prop bets. I mean, we're going to go down the list. There is, you can, and Tom, you know, you're a big gambler. <clears throat> but, you know, uh, uh, Tommy, yeah, you've invested a buck or two. Uh, you know, don't run away from that. Uh, I'm not running away a buck or two. But it's good, Jody. I invest, but I end up Jody. about even. Or Jody. I'm sorry. I'm t- Jody had just texted me. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, Ricky, uh, yes, I've invested a buck or two, but I usually come out about even, so I'll take that. Right, well, but for the Super Bowl, I, I'm assuming you're going to make a, an investment or two. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do a couple uh, parlays, and I, 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 if that line stays below three, Jody, I usually don't you bet on Eagles Jody, games. Call me Jody oh my, again. Oh my for god, Pete's I called sake. you Jody again. That's yeah. a, that was that was an accident. But um, yeah, I mean, I think Ricky, I think I will uh, <laughs> be betting on the Eagles next week if that line stays below three. <laughs> Let's, we'll have all the prop bets everything from vegas and we'll do that at 11 o'clock uh, with arthur de caesar we'll talk about this uh you know the sixer loss here and you know what reaction uh have you gotten from um from people about uh, the Kyrie trade uh we, we haven't gotten a ton of reaction but i think it's funny the whole Kyrie thing ricky where it's like Kyrie gets traded but all the interest seems to be about what happens with kevin durant you know, it's not about Kyrie, um, but him with the with the Mavericks, it's going to be interesting. Uh, him and Luca are going to be difficult to defend. I just, I just don't think you can trust the guy. Like it's always something. He's always in the middle of some controversy. It's just a matter of how long he's going to take to be a headache down in Dallas. Uh, I tell you what, I think Brooklyn eliminated a took a huge weight off of their shoulders. I think it's a great deal for the Nets getting, you know, I don't care what, Dinwiddie is a good ball player. Uh, a draft pick is in 29, but I don't think the Nets are done yet. I guess it's the point I'm trying to make. They've got some draft capital now. I think they're, they're, they're going to make another deal. I don't think Durant's going anywhere. I think they'll make a run, try to make a, one, a run with Durant, and, uh, and they'll try to bring in another big. So I, I think this is going to be a very, very active next few days uh, in the NBA as far as the trade deadline is concerned. We'll see. I need to ask you one more question, Rick. Yeah. Uh, Call it, me Jody. Right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, yeah. Ricky. But um, if the, if there's any chance that yeah. Daryl Morey could get involved in trade talks for Kevin Durant, Maxie, Harris, whatever else you need, would you do it? Ooh. If you – Anything you, aside from Embiid, would you do it? You got to. I mean, anything aside from Embiid. I mean, Kevin Durant – Kevin Durant next to Embiid, you probably wouldn't have w- w- the exact issue we just talked about, Tom. Okay? You take Embiid off the floor and it's a different Sixer team. If you add Kevin Durant, 
I don't think you have that issue. Uh, if one of those guys is on the court 45 of the 48 minutes of a game, uh, I don't I don't think you have the issue now. How much is it going to take to get a guy like that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it would take a lot, and I think it's probably more of a pipe dream than a reality, but mm-hmm. uh, it would be incredible if it happened. But, uh, yeah, so that's Ricky Ricardo. Stay yeah. tuned. Ricky has got you for the next three hours. It's uh, the last show I do before I leave for Arizona. Well, there you go. So you'll be giving your prediction at the end of the show, Absolutely. Right? There mm-hmm. we go. Well, that's right. the great Ricky Ricardo. He is with you for the next three hours tonight. Thank you to Francisco Rojas, first two hours of the show. Thank you to Nick Earnshaw with the final hour of the show. I uh, will be back with you tomorrow night at 10. So I'll talk to you then. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.